0: You're listening to the Geek Out Loud podcast, your safe place to geek out. Welcome and howdy, everyone, to Geek Out Loud. This is episode 60, and um, I'm Steve. I'm Derek. And it's great to be along with you. On I didn't really know how to start things out, Derek. Well, we're kind of in the transitional phase right now. Transitional, not the word I meant to use, but <laughs> some reason I went with it. <laughs> what, what, you know what you do? And you know this, Steve. What you word? Wait a minute. What word did you mean? to use. What <laughs> 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 Let me tell you, as somebody who preaches from the pulpit from time to time, I know that you come to those words, you're like, man, I did not mean to say that, oh but I'm going to make it, try to make it sound like I meant to say it. <laughs> I hate it, it when that happens, but thank you for calling yourself on it. I'm going to roll with it. What well, were- was sit there going, did I really just say transitional? I did. I don't know what I meant to say. <laughs> now I've totally lost my train of thought. I'm worried. <laughs> Of our, how we sound right now. I'm very self-conscious of our voices. We sound fine. We do have a, a bit of a southern drawl. I mean, draw. I hate... I, well, I, yes, we have somewhat. There's There are far worse southern accents. There, Oh, indeed. Indeed, and, and there are. I, I feel like we strive to be a little... pronunciate a little better I, uh, than pronunciate most. and enunciate. And, yeah, um, yeah so, yeah, but I the agree. the right with. emphasis on the wrong syllable. Well, you know, I, I feel like we bring a little class to the south. Well, I would say. Whoa, to the south. Yeah. 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 I thought you meant to podcast. And I'm I like, feel like we no. bring I feel like we bring a little southern hospitality to the podcasting world. I don't like the term southern hospitality. Why is that? I don't like the South. It wow. Hans it's transitional. That hurts just- <laughs> we're still in reconstruction. We- <laughs> if I could secede, I would. <laughs> um Wow! See, I love the I love the culture to an extent of the South. What? what Not a fan no of the weather. What do you? What is there to love? Uh, grits. But you can get grits in the North. No. Yes, you can, sir. I've lived in Minnesota. I've lived in Virginia. Even in Virginia, which is considered the South, there's no grits. You don't like sweet tea. You don't like I don't, tea. I don't like sweet tea. So your your argument's invalid mm. from the get go. Well, by George, yes. Well, hello. Good, sir. I like Chick-fil-A. Good day to you. They have that That, everywhere. That is is my response to that. They have that everywhere. Um, There are Chick-fil-A's in Burbank, California. There's just something about the Southern culture that is a little more laid back, a little more just kind of down-homey. In Minnesota, they call it Minnesota niceness, not Southern hospitality. But that's but in Minnesota it was more like and I don't want to offend any of our Minnesota listeners, but here we go anyway. Well you it, live there, you kinda get to Yeah. In Minnesota it was more like I don't know, it was it was almost a forced fakeness. A for a forced fakeness. Forced fakeness. I'm being fake, but I'm forced to do it. Um so I'm faking how fake I am. That just blew my mind. It's transitional. I just incepted myself. Um <laughs> I never sleep on planes. I don't want to get accepted. <laughs> uh but it, it seemed it seemed a little more forced, the niceness did. You know, it, it was like there was a it's like there was always this wall of 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 something and there was a rage behind it, you know, because someone didn't take their shoes off at the door or something like that. Um in in the South, it's like What? That was <laughs> that was the most random example. <laughs> Well, in Minnesota, I noticed it's like living in China. Everyone takes their shoes off when they go in the house, and it harkens back to the days before doormats. I would think that would be more of a Southern thing. Mm -mm. Now, see, it harkens back to the days of doormats when you know they didn't have them, and it would snow on the outside, and so or they'd come in and you know they take their boots off because they didn't want to get the rest of the carpet or the floors wet. Mm -hmm. Harkens back to that transitional phase. (laughs) I'm freaking it back I did, I did i didn't mean <laughs> to, I didn't mean to use Harkin. um we we need to start a bet, okay before every episode, and we lay out five bucks now, and we dare each other to work in the most ridiculous word ever somewhere into the fucking done <laughs> witness <laughs> <laughs> but um but in the south, it's like people are just as mean as they want to be they just they sugarcoat it so much that sometimes you don't realize it until you've walked away well i I think the south is is um is leaps and bounds ahead of the the passive aggressiveness than the rest of the world is oh we're experts at it yeah yeah well i'm not gonna say we because we the south well, Derek, you're part of us. Deal with it, son. I just listen. I, the the you sooner know, you learn to embrace who you are, the sooner you know, you'll be after, a happy man. After all these years, you know, at, at a very young age, I'm looking around going, "I don't like this one bit." I don't think you just. I just gave an example of southernness. The sooner you learn to embrace it, the sooner you're going to be a happy man. I, I I can remember being a child like this is not where I was supposed to be. Mm. Somebody. Something happened. I've never really... I ended up here by mistake. <laughs> I've never really been that guy who goes against the grain, though. You know, it's like, well, here I am. I guess I'll deal with it the best you I can. You are. The, you're the number one guy that goes against the grain. How do I go against the grain? I go against everything.
1: <laughs> hey, Derek,
0: I don't really want a podcast anymore. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I learned from the master. I know we do all this stuff, but uh, see you later. <laughs> Wow, and see, and then you just pulled a good because that really That's just kind of aggressive because I was laughing. Yeah, right, right, right. That was That's just, just kind of screw you. That's was not, just <laughs> like let me stab you right through the heart. No, it's through the yeah, it's through the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Push that dagger on through. Let's go, just go with it. Just no, go with it. I, I, um, you're the king of going against the grain. I don't, I don't think so. I think I'm pretty easygoing. That's not to say you're not easy Go going, but you you, you do uh, have your own, uh, not agenda, you're transitional. <laughs> I'm transitional. Well, it harkens back to my days as a fat kid. Quit saying harken? <laughs> quit saying, quit saying Every transitional. Every time I say transitional, you have to say a hark- That's right. <laughs> new bit, ladies and gentlemen. New bit. A new bit with words. Mm. Um. <clears throat> it makes the listener think. Yes, it, it harkens back to the good old days of game shows that no one cared about. It, I didn't say transitional, but that's fine. Well, <laughs> it was a preemptive. <laughs> it was. Oh, it's, it's to make up. You're one behind. That's right. Okay. It was a preemptive harkens. We're even now. just um, keeping score at home. That's right. For those of you, hey, get out You play-at-home geek-out-loud games, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I broke the Derek piece. I gotta be the thimble. <laughs> Um. So anyhow, welcome everybody. Glad you're here. Greatest podcast listening audience in the universe with the safest place in the world to geek out, unless you're a Twilight or Star Trek fan. Now let's not hate on the track. No. Which, by the way, I need to add that to the snippets, huh? Hating on the track? No. Start the Have you seen the pictures and whatnot? Yeah, I, I know who he is. I yes, he's uh, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, but I, I know what character he's playing. Yes, young Picard. No, uh, yes. <laughs> Riker. Uh It was here, number one. I can see your belly. I can see your belly. They can see your belly. If Everyone. You, uh, to to be Picard, that's, that's quite transitional for the 23rd century. Well, it harkens back to the days <laughs> of, you know, the old Gene Roddenberry Star Trek. Yeah, okay Good deal. that's exactly what it harkens back to <laughs> well you know they get into that's this transitional like a, thing That's not a huge leap there Steve yeah, exactly they get into this they get in this transitional thing between the the original Star Trek and the next generation so. well it harkens back to what they originally did with um wanting to cross over the two genres when they got into the 24th century. Well, in C, and they're in a transitional space, so they just use Deep Space Nine. I harking back it. to what I said earlier, which was, can we go on with this? <laughs> yeah, let's jump in this transitional phase and jump into some emails. Harking. You kind of reverse the roles there, buddy. You're the one that said transition. I know, but I didn't expect you to continue to go with it. I thought you'd just do it once and hey, be done. Hey, you threw down a gauntlet. I received. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Hey, did you like my little gauntlet thrown out the other day? We never did talk about that. I don't remember that one. You, you, what was it? This was weeks ago. Something on Twitter. And Something you were like, on did you just throw out a gauntlet? And I tweeted a picture of a gauntlet, like, on yes, the ground. on the ground. You're like, you did just throw down a gauntlet <laughs> I remember that I forget what it was about, but it was good stuff It was a good time As Hey, I tell you what, you ignore this email from Carissa While, I, um, while, while you look for that uh, It says, hey guys, oh. just listen to the episode Thank you so much Made me laugh all day Thanks for Wait, your recs Is this the blue? Yeah I'm so confused. Thank, oh, okay. Well, thanks, we're right here, aren't we? Yeah, Carissa emailed us on the last episode asking for recommendations about books for kids for Star that, Wars. I was supposed to email her, and I did. Uh, Michael, uh, actu- that's okay. Michael actually has most of the books you recommended, and you're right. The complete picture encyclopedias are awesome. Uh, so we failed. Good yes. To know. He loves all the various forms. I'll look it's at the a complete- transitional episode, Carissa. We're sorry. Yes. Well, it harkens back to my earlier days when I couldn't get anything right on the podcast. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he loves all the various forms. I'll look at the really complete... just had a spit take on Geek Out Loud. I'm like, will... all over the carpet. Shut up. I will look at... I'm serious right now. I gotta get the towel. <laughs> uh, will you go and tell? I'll continue with Carissa's. I will look at the complete encyclopedias for his next Christmas birthday. Thank you. Or slash birthday. Thank you. you going to say, uh, who gets a Christmas uh, birthday? That uh, sounds like the coolest holiday ever. Jesus. Um, since sending you that email question about the Six Star Wars books. The week. <laughs> since sending you that email question about the Star Wars books, I actually found a couple of series. Uh, the Scholastic Hyperspace Battles. There are two books so far following Han and Chewie. Uh, Michael has Did read them get- both doom on mount yoda or whatever no no those are old and those those don't count has read them both cover to cover twice and he just received one of those yesterday we were so thrilled he loved them so we bought the boba fett series for him also from scholastic i just bought the first two for young uh, for your young listeners a couple of recommendations i also got a text after that episode from my friend jesse uh from star wars book report over at star and um, and he said that there are some like really, really young kid type books um for the really young kids who are just learning to read that are very c spot runish um that are star wars based there's like See a star- lightsaber come on, well yeah, there's like a um you know like a Star Wars alphabet, and you go through the different characters you know different characters a through Z, that sort of thing so See Boba Fett get thrown in the Starlight Pit. So, uh, glad we could help you, Carissa. Just wanted to give everyone that follow-up and get your recommendations out there for the young readers. Uh, The Scholastic Hyperspace Battles, and there's a Boba Fett series also from Scholastic, if you've got kids that are readers that want to get into the wars. Now, we've got an epic poem, or an epic story, or novel, I guess I should say, um, from Scott Lyson, and so I'm going to try to edit this a little bit for content but he makes oh, some interesting grief, this goes on forever yeah <clears throat> he makes some interesting points is this is this gonna tick me off no uh uh-uh. oh okay good is he backing us up yes great love people that back us yes, up. yes yes we are it's we very are transition we are fans of those who agree the one that's going to tick you off is coming um oh, good, good. <laughs> yes that sound you heard was me cracking my knuckles yes steric he says loved hearing your thoughts on how the magic of cinema is lost and how you see the current crop of filmmakers You'll no doubt disagree vehemently with some of the things I say, and I'm not really trying to argue with you guys, just merely letting my point of view be known, as to why the magic of cinema is lost. It's long, rambling, and didactic. That's a big word. Didactic? What does that mean? Transitional. Okay. Well, it harkens back to those days when people (laughs) used different words for the same thing. Uh, But only in the interest of trying to be clear. I'm gonna take shots at Nolan and others in interest of chronicling what I see as the decay in the art of cinema. I love Memento, Insomnia, and the Prestige, and Batman Begins remains my favorite Batman movie. But I don't care for much I don't much care for Nolan's recent pictures. I'm not meaning to attack him necessarily, but rather the overarching point of view that has led to the decay. First off, I'm in complete agreement in your statement that the magic is lost, and it's difficult to define which filmmakers who will be studied in film schools twenty years down the road. When I started in film school, my instructor echoed what Spielberg has said in interviews. Do not spend your time studying the new Hollywood generation of the 70s, that's when Spielberg was around, but dig deeper and discover the true masters of the art, filmmakers like Hitchcock, John Ford, Akira Kurosawa, and David Lean. As Spielberg said, watching the new Hollywood films is like watching faded carbon copies of the originals. On the Blu-ray release of Psycho, there's a feature about how how much filmmakers today are influenced by Hitchcock. Scorsese used the shower scene of Psycho to craft the boxing match in Raising Bull. That sounds like two totally different things. I'd be interested to see how he did that. Sync them up together. And he, okay. And he used simple... With Pink Floyd playing. Someone get that on YouTube. With Pink Floyd playing! <laughs> Hello! Is there anybody out there? Um, He used to use simple walking down the corridor shots for Cape Fear. Spielberg used the Vertigo shot in Jaws and used even more simplistic dialogue scenes in Jurassic Park. The influence of the Masters is undeniable and unavoidable. The problem with cinemas today, as I see it, this is Scott, is that the filmmakers are being influenced more by the new Hollywood than the original Masters, and they came at it with a much greater fanboy perspective. Hmm. The master's goal was to appeal to most of the people most of the time. They invented principles so that their works would appeal to audiences 50 years in the past and 50 years in the future. One of the ways they ensured that their art would be relevant was to create entertainment that could be classified as art, meaning that the audience wouldn't just enjoy pure escapism, but rather they would go within themselves and be revealed a truth about themselves. That's deep, Scott. You're mm. <coughs> dropping some knowledge on Well, because i got to tell you, I watch Casablanca, and that doesn't reveal a truth about myself. Oh come on now! Well, of all the gin joints in all the world, I had to walk into this one. I guess well, she had to. You had to walk yeah, well, into mine. She did. But, yeah. yeah. They had Steve, a point of. Steve had to walk into mine. They had a point of view with something to say that would reach their <laughs> audience, regardless of who that audience was. Today, audiences are broken up into niche groups, and as a result, filmmakers make decisions based on their niche target audience. There's some validity to that statement, by the way. Mm, validation. Validation for Scott Lyson. Scott Lyson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my <Interesting> first, awesome. <laughs> my first day in sound editing class, the instructor said that you never want to get too fancy when mixing dialogue. It should almost always come out of that front center speaker, so it'll be e- easier to, or so it'll be easier to understand for the audience. Oh yeah, Nolan knows that his audience is younger and hipper, so he can say, "Well, my audience for The Dark Knight Returns will actually dig it if people can't clearly understand Bane." He sticks to his gun, and he's a hero. The first thing I ever watched on Blu-ray was the chase sequence in The Dark Knight, and as a result, I haven't been able to watch that sequence again. Hmm. Now, what he does is he gives a link to a uh, <clears throat> to a video mm-hmm. where I don't know if it's him or um, or someone else is dissecting the chase sequence and all the continuity errors and the way that things couldn't quite pan out that way that, and, and that how whole could, thing makes me a nervous wreck. Anyway, it the the chase sequence. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what gives me the anxiety attack. Yeah. That was the exact point of the film where I gave up. <laughs> I'm serious. Well, for me. That's when the fire alarm went off and I was like, screw Oh, me. yeah. Well, for me, I, you know, when I watch it, I just kind of get lost in, oh my gosh, Joker's chasing him down. Where's Batman? You know? And, um. Yeah. But when you are enthralled in something so much, you tend to. There is a. Um, what's the term i'm looking for steve it's uh... suspension of disbelief yes thank you i was gonna say transition (laughs) (laughs) well and that harkens back to the the very first Uh, part of this show yeah all the way Uh, (laughs) oh yeah there's a suspension of disbelief that may i sound southern for a moment sure go ahead Steve, you just get eaten up with it. I do. I get eat up with it when I'm watching (laughs) this stuff. I'm like a child watching movies. I'm not going to lie. Well, I mean, some. Then you watch something so bad, and you're like, I can see the zipper on the costume. And I'm like a child there, too. I'm like, ooh, look at that zipper. But but when something is so awful, you tend to find more problems with... Sure, sure what you were watching, and then you're watching The Dark Knight, and you're like, I I don't, you know, the boom mic could come in the shot right now, and I don't care. Yeah, I never see those things. Because Batman just slammed Joker's head down in the interrogation room. Yeah. And so, you tend to forget, or excuse, or dismiss certain things depending on how... You know, a lot of people hated Smallville. Mm -hmm. A lot of people hate Smallville. And a lot of people hate that we have come in contact with, still sit there and watch the show weekly, but do nothing but badmouth it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Star because, Wars fans, Derek. Yeah, yeah. Either way, either way. <clears> and, <throat> but how many times did you and I just come together and be like, you know, that that was a ridiculous episode, but I enjoyed the heck out of it. Well, I can think of noir. Yeah. Um, I remember... Filler doesn't mean noir. Right. And there was there was the episode during that trilogy of doom... Um, With Lana. Remember that? Hour, hour. Yeah. And I remember doing that episode by myself and really just like, okay, here's why I understand it's bad, but let's talk about what was good. There there was an episode of, um, oh, I got to pull the curtain back. I was actually going to stump you really bad tonight because we had that, there was a whole thing on the last Geek Out Loud where you were trying to explain something, but couldn't think of the name of an episode. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what was happening, but I was fully going to go into this whole explaining of an episode. You'd be like, I don't even remember that. One. <laughs> like, just you're just going to make something up? Make up a plot line. <laughs> uh, Oh, crap. I was about to say something right before that. Why did I stop myself? About how we would come together. Yeah, no, right before I started the, the, I was gonna, the uh, trilogy yeah. of doom. I made it sound good. There was an episode of Sarah Connor Chronicles yes. that I had to do by myself. Mm-hmm where it was it was ridiculous you didn't know if she was awake oh or, yeah i remember that she one. was in the the and it was so messed up mm-hmm. and there were so you know they were really careful on that show but there were so many just you know mind-bending moments and and, and, and you didn't care mm-hmm. and i remember so many people just hating on that episode and i was like i loved it i, and I, I, remember, I remember that that episode of skynax i got on on a, like a ninety minute rant. <laughs> That's all that episode was was like a ninety minute, you know, who's who of you. Shut up! Listen to what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, That and, and I picked that thing apart. And there's just this element of, of, you, know, you can sit there and hate on it, and then you're going to find this wrong with it, and this wrong with it, and this wrong with it, or you're you're just going to be, again, so eaten up with it. That you don't care. Yeah, yeah there, are, there are a lot of problems in that chase sequence. Dark well, dark. Scott is a lot more educated than I am when it comes to filmmaking, as, as I think you are, too. But, I mean, you, you know. can watch that stuff and see it, Steve. I, well, I didn't no, until I watched you, that video you know today. when you're so enthralled in something, whether or not the boom mic comes in the shot or not. Well, see, I didn't notice the stuff in the part of the chase sequence they were talking about until today. I mean, how long did it take me to realize the stormtrooper hits his head on the on on the thing? Dude, it took my little brother pointing that out to me. I, it was years. Yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. I'd seen that movie five hundred times and still exactly. hadn't seen that. Yeah, yeah. He goes on, Scott does to to mention. You know, he says as Steve kind of mentioned King Kong is evidence that Peter Jackson is not a great filmmaker. The source material for Lord of the Rings is so strong that it transcends that it transcends mediocre filmmaking. I don't I don't know about that. I think that what you had with with the lord of the rings is a man who was so passionate about this particular project and he surrounded himself with a cast and crew that were equally as passionate and those movies came together i feel like on a level that uh <clears throat> that worked out because everyone was on board you know it was it, i think it was more of a joint effort and you know he talks about some of the weaknesses in those films um of which there are many. Yeah, I, I, maybe, maybe, maybe. He says, Just by looking at the trailer for Cop Out, anyone with any sort of eye for composition can recognize that Kevin Smith has no idea how to frame a shot. Yet he's cool and his past work gives him cred. I think the masters could turn out a film a year because they always strive to become better, to learn more, to improve the way they communicate it, to invent better ways to evoke emotions. Filmmakers today want to tear down everything and say there are no rules. They don't realize that they could build on what has come before make it their own and make it more easily accessible like how Lucas made Star Wars with inspiration from Kurosawa rewatch the first dialogue scene in Lord of the Rings between Frodo and Gandalf it's so simple and uninteresting visually they have to rely on the strength of the acting costumes and environment in that case the strength of everything else was able to make a scene like that work despite relying on simple cutting to get through it Breaking Bad what about Breaking Bad Uh, that that two or three sentences right there summed up Breaking Bad that it's, that it's just the dialogue and the I mean the, when you have to go when you go off of the strength, a shot can be so boring mm-hmm. but when you go off of the strength of the actor and the dialogue, it oh, doesn't yeah. matter what yeah. it looks like. It doesn't matter how it's framed, it't it transcends Yeah, I, I mean, I things. think that's a testament to Brian Cranston because some of the most boring shots sitting around the hospital waiting room, sitting around a breakfast table. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's what well, he's Jr. Do- does love his breakfast. Indeed. <laughs> they love breakfast on that show. They're like, they're reminding us that this is the most important meal of the day. It is. Um, but the way that he's always reacting to what's going on in his life, you know, it, it's just... Where are you? Where are you right now? Right. No, where are you right now? I'm sitting at the no, microphone. No, in the series. Where are you right oh, now? Oh, I just watched the season four premiere. Okay, okay, okay. There's a moment that I and, and there's several moments in the series. There's one specific moment in season four I'm talking about right here. But mm-hmm. I, when when you get there later in the season, I'll tell you what I meant here. Make a mental note of this moment right <laughs> okay. now. Eleven thirty-five p.m. on the twentieth. Hey, uh, happy February twenty-ninth over there. Georgia. Happy Leap Day, yeah. Happy Leap Day, yeah, yeah. Um, he goes on to say, I'm, I'm skipping a paragraph here, not it's not dark. because it's not good, but just to for time. It's said. terrible. He's, Scott Lice has given us. You know what? I love this whole podcast has become nothing but a four week bender of of rebuttals to movie magic. to movie magic. Yeah, to to what's what's wrong with cinema today. today? I will fight you. It's become it has become a um Hot topic. it it's become a a a. a I can't well, it be- harkens back to several weeks. ago. Thank you. I can't think of the word I want to use. It's transitional. It's, it's become a um a treatise. No, um it's become. Oh. That's not even that doesn't even A thesis. You no. You didn't commit, you did not commit, and Mm-mm. therefore we knew it was wrong. No, it's we're to, you were to commit to that word. <laughs> it's it's become an argument for what's wrong with cinema today, let's say that. Oh. Some of my favorite films of the past years have been critical and commercial successes. True Grit, Grand Torino, There Will Be Blood, Up in the Air. Uh, but this year in particular, there's a huge gap in what is critical success and commercial success. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which is a weird thing to say, was my favorite film of the year, but only had wide release for a couple of weeks. I thought the artist was magical, but does, that fact, but does the fact that it's black and white and silent keep audiences away? They're very. What do you think about that? how so do you think that it's the the black and white and silence what kept audiences away Uh, I think I think the silent film would keep moviegoers today away well and black and white not so much yeah I'll say this I didn't know what the artist was until Oscar season I hadn't even heard of it I I don't mind silent film I gotta be honest with you I do See, I, I like old old Hollywood. I mean, yeah. I I I can watch that stuff. Yeah. That does not bother me whatsoever. Uh there you know, very Joe Joe Humrick asked on Twitter the other night. He was like, "What's stupider, a silent film or a musical?" I was like, "Whoa, easy. Whoa. <laughs> I'm going to go musical." You you may have some good hair, but let's let's <laughs> let's pipe down a little bit here. And let's show some respect <laughs> to some things that have come before. I, I mean, some, the thing is is I think You hate on musicals? Well, okay. I'm a theater major. Don't you hear uh, wow? Um, you knew this. The thing about the thing about a silent film is is it's like I think it works one time every 50 years now, you know. Uh, and and so this one is it. Have you ever watched silent movie, Mel Brooks? No, I have not. There, there's one for you. Is that one the one that keeps shushing everybody? No, it's actually quiet. Okay. <laughs> there's one word in it. Nice. In the whole movie. <laughs> Um, he says television seems to be where the real art is uh, but again they're playing to niche audiences I'm in my 20s and all my cinephile friends keep digging back further and further and keep unlocking buried treasure through DVD so we don't need to get our fix in the cinema with technology the way it is there's simply no boundaries anymore yet we still can't find great films in theaters every week I believe it's because we've lost touch with what actually makes a great film and we're getting faded copies of things that it only gets worse Kurosawa believed in the power of cinema, Lucas believed in the power of cinema, and their creations have stood the test of time and will continue to reach new audiences because they have something to say to people young and old. They spoke truth to the human condition. Man, this is deep. Mm. And and they knew <clears throat> to technically construct a film that spoke to everyone, not just their niche audience. For as magical as a film like Inception seemed on the surface, it was so existential and dark that I don't get anything out of it from repeat from repeat viewings. As a teenager, I thought Tarantino was the coolest filmmaker ever, but I watch his films now and they're only superficial. Tarantino uh-huh. stated in an interview he only has to rely on, in an interview that he only has to rely on shock and violence to emotionally move an audience. He doesn't know how to do it any other way. Now that's Scott quoting an interview he saw from Tarantino. I, I can't speak to the source of that. Mm. Uh, once filmmakers make movies that are artistic as inter- that are as artistic as entertaining and as much for the audience as themselves, once they master the craft and put that which is universal and eternal above what is cool hip and trendy, then the title will shift back to the days when the most critically acclaimed were also the most commercially successful um, you know he's he 's painting he seems to be painting modern day filmmaking as a whole and and i can 't give him that you know i can 't go that far with him. Uh, granted he sounds a lot more educated in the film realm than I am, but he makes a lot of good points um you know there but the thing is is you can 't forget that Hollywood has always been driven by money, you know as much as we want to hold art up and 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 talk about what what these filmmakers are doing, and as much as we want to call them filmmakers as Hollywood has always been run by money. And making movies, not films. Well, and man, there's a great divide there, <clears> I <throat> think. Because you have the studios and the directors and the executives who do want that. But then you have, every once in a while you come across something. I have mad respect for George Clooney. Mm-hmm. George Clooney did an interview, I think it was after Ocean's 13. And he basically, they were talking, he, about the same time he did um, a film called The Good German. Mm-hmm. Which didn't you know it didn't do huge, it was a black and white film you know it, it whatever it, it wasn't it wasn't an oceans thirteen, but it was within a few months of each <laughs> right year. and and you know he was like, um, they were asking about why he did this, and he was like, look i i love I love doing films like siriana and and the good German and all this other kind of stuff He said, if I have to do an ocean's thirteen or an Ocean's fourteen to be able to do something like the good Germans, but so if a studio will give me a chance to do something like that. I'll do <clears throat> sequels all day long, yeah to get give, to be given that uh, that opportunity now now, uh, on the other hand, I did see an interview with him the other, after the Golden Globes a few weeks back where he was being interviewed about um doing coffee commercials internationally in other countries, and he was like, "You know what he pays money, I like money." I am going to go have a house. <laughs> you? Thanks, coffee commercials. I am going to go build a house. Yeah, but you know, and, and you know, they were questioning his whether or not he had sold out. But it kind of goes back into that whole Ocean's Thirteen. Yeah, I'll do an Ocean's Thirteen yeah. if I get to do what I want to do. Sure. Then yeah, I'll I'll do another stupid sequel. Whatever. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I think there's a, a division of yeah. There are those people who are we're going to make Battleship. We're gonna we're gonna turn the game Battleship into a film. And then, then you have this this other realm of films like, um, for lack of a better example, like Five Hundred Days of Summer, mm-hmm. where it was a very personal story, and then they worked really hard, and the writers wanted to get that done, and yeah. you know, it became this very beloved film. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think you're right, but but you know, one of the things that he talks about is just how much there's such a gap between the commercial and the artistic success. And I got to be honest with you. I think that for most, most of the time of my life where I've really been interested in cinema and what goes on in the cinema, it's been that way, you know? And then when I was in college in the nineties, you know, there was the big independent filmmaker boom, um, where, you know, that became the thing, you know? And, and, and then I'll be honest with you. Independent films kind of got watered down to being a genre of its own. I mean, it's not even, you know, an independent film supposed to be that someone goes out and finances and does all this stuff on their own. And now, those, right. now it's become kind of a genre, yeah, you know, of of just static camera shots and lots of talks about adult stuff. Mm-hmm. And taxes. Right, and because that seemed to be the formula that worked. and again see, that because that seemed to be the formula that worked for the successful independent filmmakers back in the day, and and rather than proceed and, and, and have that. So, you know, that's why I really, when I look at like the filmmakers that I've always enjoyed, you know, and and I know I keep going back to him, but I mean, when you look at the story of George Lucas and kind of how he handled his stuff, You know, it's like, has he made billions of dollars off of Star Wars? Heck yeah, he has. But guess what? He's also poured almost, he's poured so much back into the industry, to the filmmaking. And he's, and he made himself, you know, he said, I'm not going to be bound by these studios. I'm not going to be bound. You know, he's the one that said, I'm not going to be bound by the rules of the studio. I'm going to start to make the rules. And, you know, props to the man. He did it. (laughs) And and so I think I think they're there you know you kind of get into that conversation of of the business versus the art of it all, and and you can never lose sight that it is a business, you know. Mm-hmm. Now with YouTube and, and Vimeo and and all the things you've got on the internet, you can make a movie and put it out there and not make a dime off of it if you want to. She we wants, did. She won seventy five. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Only took four years, people. <laughs> so you know I. I guess I see what Scott's saying and I completely agree with him and I, and he ruined Dark Knight for me. At least that chase sequence. I because thought I, he spoiled it for you. I was like, I thought you'd seen it, Steve. No, because I watched that video and no, I was so now whenever you watch it, you're yeah, like, and, well, the, the, and man, the dude doesn't do it in a snarky way. So it's not something where I was like, oh, this is just ridiculous. I mean, he's very much like, well, let's analyze this. Let's break it down and let me, almost like you're sitting in a film class, let me show you why this doesn't quite work. You know, and And he never dogs the film or dogs Nolan. He just says, "You know this is you think Nolan's lost touch with his audience um no, I don't think so. I think that I think his audience is still there, and I think you know i his audience is there, as just whether or not he's lost touch see it's i I not, disagree yeah. with what Scott said about inception because it's a pretty to look at you know i again, I get lost in Oh my gosh! Look at this awesome scene. Look how he's crafted. You know this dream and this dream and this dream. And look how, you know, this is working out. Listen to the music. The way they do that. And I think that Nolan has some high concepts. And maybe he gets lost a little bit in the concept. And um, you know, and and there might be a misstep or two in in what's done. In particular, you know, the thing that the the video I watched was more about the action sequence and how Nolan frames his action sequences. And well, I just wondered, you know, he, Scott had said, made that reference to, ah, yeah. um, uh, you know, screw with audience things. I'm going to leave Bane's voice the way it is. And but see, I don't. But they know, went back and they tweaked a little bit to make it easier to understand. They went back and they and they tweaked with the with some of the sound effects and the versus the music and that, you know, so that the dialogue's potted up a bit so that you can. Hear it better. And I don't think he's lost touch with his audience. I think it's just like, this is kind of how I want it to sound. So, you know. I think it's just his decision. If someone's wearing a mask, they're going to sound a little distorted. You know, it's not going to yeah. be like Cobra Commander on G.I. Joe. I never doing... had a problem with the way he sounded. Right. I don't, I mean, from what I've seen, I don't either. I really did not, you know. I, and I liked the whole thing where Nolan was like... I don't want to give you everything. Mm-hmm. You've got to work for it a little bit.
1: Yeah, Which I like that in the film. Yeah.
0: So, But as you know, I did not like The Dark Knight. So, you hate The Dark Knight. And you love Hunger Games. Um, this one comes... <laughs> I will burn that movie. This is from our friend Mike Sherpa. He is, he is responding to Quentin's email. Now, Quentin was the young man who emailed us last time, and I had to edit for content because he was lacing his email with a little bit of profanity. And so, I actually wanted to do a whole segment where I responded to him Yes, with profanity, but we beeped it all out. That's <laughs> Not actually profanity, but you know. Sure. Pretend like it. Mike says, hey guys, just want to give a quick response to Quentin's email. First, most of the movies he listed have a PG-13 rating. Now, I might be an overprotective parent, but I don't think my five-year-old son and my nine-year-old daughter needs to see a PG-13 flick. Yes, and I, Sherpa. And he says, and I say this after having watched Captain America and loved it. My yeah. wife and my my wife and I both felt that it wasn't too harsh for him to see, but Red red Skull scared the crap out of my son. That'll happen. I'm I'm thinking of taking him to see episode one and three D, but I'm worried about some of the aliens in Darth Maul giving him nightmares. They get around that blood, you know. They did the same thing in, in, in Dark of the Moon Transformers when they start zapping people. They just they just turn to dust. Yes. They, yes. they don't turn to red blood. Um, he says, second, Get that PG-13 Right, That's right He says second I think younger parents I'm 33 and, through, and, and throw myself in this category Have become desensitized and selfish To understand what a kids movie should be I agree with Derek That E.T. is an amazing children's movie I kick mm-hmm. myself for not buying it on DVD So my kids can see it Well go buy it But even the animated movies are going too far with trying to put adult humor in So the parents will go to the movie with their child I give you Rango as an example I did not see Rango I did not either. I did see the clip where they paid homage to fear and loathing, Mm -hmm. which I enjoyed. In the first five minutes, the lead character is asking a naked Barbie if um, certain parts are real. Now, as an adult, I see the humor in it, but after the movie, my kids are asking me questions about it. Sorry to go on a rant. I could talk film all day. My family... You're like Scott Lyson then. My family loves good movies, but I strongly disagree with this kid because I'm sorry. You're 17. You have no clue what life is about yet. Holy cow, (gasps) Mike gauntlet good night Quentin, thank you so much for listening Quentin don't let Mike you know scare you off the show um, yeah, run away Quentin As far he away says, I strongly disagree with this kid uh, with what this kid thinks are kid appropriate movies uh, love the show and yes I think you should do a podcast with Graham what I don't get that part we don't need him back here Mm-mm. Thanks hey, for your time and he's I just got his own show. Thanks for your it. time, and I understand that this doesn't get read on get read on air. Superman Symbol, uh, your friend and geekdom, Mike. Mike, here's the thing, I agree with you. I think that, you know, Quentin rattled off a lot of superhero movies. And for us, yeah, that's great. But when you look at those PG thirteen ratings, I remember as a kid. You know, when um, when Spaceballs came out and it was PG 13, the only reason I wanted to see Spaceballs is because it was a movie making fun of Star Wars or parroting Star Wars. And I was like 10. And I had to beg to be able to see a PG 13 movie. You know, um, granted, it was PG 13 for language and whatnot. Not PG, the, though. Do what now? Spaceballs is actually PG, though. Mm-mm, it was PG 13, I remember specifically. Spaceballs is PG. Uh. I can't walk all the way across to my um, DVD shelf right now. I mean, you want me to... When no. it came out in theaters, dude, it was PG-13, I promise. I mean, that didn't change the rating of it. It's PG. I'm telling you. I beg the difference. Spaceballs is PG. <sighs> Look at that. Spaceballs, PG. Then where'd you get that from? That is on IMDb. They're wrong. So, anyhow, my point that. is this. Is that if you've got kids you know i mean lucas george lucas for revenge of the sith intentionally went for a pg-13 rating because yeah, he knew it was going to get in you know a little intense for younger kids at the i'm sorry the steve i'd like to point you out to the sense where it says this movie has an astounding amount of profanity for a pg-rated film dude it says at the top it's pg-13 right. now you listen to me uh-huh the back of my blu-ray says pg Thank you, but I'm telling you, when I was in fourth grade, and this thing was the first when the previews first came out, it was rated PG-13. Well, should we go pull up the trailer? I mean, well, this is I, there great might podcasting. Have been stuff in the previews that that made your parents not, you know, Mom Lawson, didn't want you to go see it. This is great podcasting. They didn't see the previews. I saw the previews when I went to see Ernest Goes to Camp. There it is, It's planet fantastic. Druidia. Underneath the air shield, 10,000 years of fresh air. This Walking is the trailer for Spaceballs, we ladies so. and gentlemen. Once we kidnap the princess, we can force her father, King Roland, to give us the combination the that? air shield, mm-hmm. thereby destroying planet Druidia and saving planet Spaceball. <laughs> Everybody, Everybody got that? that? <laughs> Spaceballs. <laughs> Love <laughs> it. Princess Vespa spaceship within range, sir. Good. Fire a warning shot across her What's nose. What's going on? I said across her nose, not like up it. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir, so I'm doing the best I can. Now we will show her who he is in charge of this that. galaxy. <laughs> it not I love me. when he goes to the, the car and he opens it. it. She's not in there! will give your daughter back <laughs> her old nose. Rick Moranis. Great. Only go? one man and his trusted companion can save planet Ruida from disaster. Okay, Eagle 5, coming in own star first they must learn the secrets of yoga i jumped ahead the kind of rating at the end of it I oh crap well let me phase this out oh no, no, the schwartz avoid capture on a distant planet
1: it doesn't Don't say what it's rated that, at the end
0: Jimmy, no it does not found anything okay well we ain't found i'm just telling you i remember it being rated pg-13 because now you are uh, wrong i was not wrong they didn't go back and change the NPA rating. Sure, they did. I'm telling you, it was rated PG 13 when I was a kid. I'm class. telling you, it was rated PG. This has been the worst podcasting segment ever. It's transitional. It, well, it harkens back to my early days of podcasting. <laughs> but I do, uh, back to Mike's email. Um, I, I do think Mike has a point. Now, when he talks about family movies and then putting things in for adults and everything, I, kind of, I go back to E.T. When I saw E.T. as a kid, there's one scene where we're walking out, and I looked at the people I was with who were adults that went to our church and everything, and my older sister, and I was like, what is this? And it's where Elliot calls his brother a name. Uh-huh. He says he has a certain kind of breath. And, um, you know, and I remember them getting all freaked out because I just yelled that word out in the, in the... Uh, hey, hey, hey! Hey, what, what is, <laughs> what is that? Edna! Hey, do you know what this kind of breath is? So, Edna, tell me what Spaceballs was rated when it came out. It was rated PG-13. It was rated PG. So, anyhow. I'll arm wrestle you. So, Mike, I agree. Um, Here we go. More on the movie magic from Scott Masters. Now, this was not Scott Lyson. This is Scott Masters. Maybe they're related. He said... (laughs) (laughs) He says, hello, Steric. Love the latest podcast. They started their emails the same I way. Know, right? I bet they are related. <laughs> Especially the conversation about the movie magic of the late 70s and early 80s. I teased on Twitter that while that era brought us incredible incredible movies like TV uh, and TV like Star Wars, Superman, The Incredible Hulk, it also brought us some crap. Wait like, a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This guy, I follow this guy on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I like this guy. He's funny. Yes. His name's Scott. Yeah, it's uh, at Joe core Joe Techor on Twitter. You just totally wrecked my whole universe because I've been calling you Joe. Yeah, well, on Twitter, on Twitter, that's 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 acceptable. Well, see, he he would me one day mm-hmm. and was like, commenting on the show and everything. I meant to call this out in the last show and I didn't get a chance to, but he was like, "I oh, really, what are you laughing at?" I had coughed. Oh, he coughed. <laughs> he he was like, "Oh, he coughed." <laughs> Who are you telling that to? You My microphone. microphone? You're like, are you laughing? No, I coughed. Oh, he coughed. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. He coughed. He just coughed. I was explaining to the listeners, <laughs> the one of them that is still listening to us, the one that's right still now. sticking with us. Yeah. And, uh, um, Hey, I coughed. It's just basically you and me here right now. What the laugh? It was um, a cough. The cough. But he was he was telling me, you know, I you know at work I don't really have anybody to talk to about this kind of stuff, and he's like, he he called us his own personal geek water cooler. Oh, nice! Yeah, I, yeah, I that. remember that. He had he at replied us some, and he even made this statement here on the Twitter. He, he must have, but yes. I thought his name was Joe. He just totally wrecked my whole universe. Yeah, blew my mind. Anyhow, uh, he <laughs> says, "Was Rod making out with the sister?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not his sister. Oh, you just ruined my universe. Oh, it shattered my whole universe. Shat- <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> he says, uh, it brought us incredible true. movies and TV like Star Wars, E.T., Superman, The Incredible Hulk. It also brought us some crap like Galactica 1980. Netflix, at kids, it wasn't good. I agree with your points. There's something about those movies that was really magical. I also agree with the emailer that there are some truly great movies to uh, and show, and shows done today. I'd look at. I'd like to look at the differences, though, from the perspective of a father. This is another guy who is a dad. I remember going to the theaters to see movies like Star Wars, ET, Superman, Indiana Jones in the elementary school. I remember sitting they with show my parents. Movies in The elementary school. Do what? They showed movies in the elementary. I, I think he means like when he was in the age of elementary school. And he needs to work on that grammar. I, rem- <laughs> I remember <laughs> sitting <laughs> with my parents in the living room and watching Wonder Woman, The Incredible Hulk, The Eighteen, Battlestar Galactica, Knight Rider. I could go on. I mean, throw in Dukes of Hazard. Throw in Buck Rogers in the 24th century, 25th and a half century. Throw in, um, yes, throw them all in. <laughs> While about today Here's a guy that has been a Duck Dodgers reference. That's right. While, well, I said Buck Rogers, but anyhow. I, I, well, you, you went one step further. That's right. Well, by today's standards, these shows might seem cheesy. They were still shows that the whole family could watch. Look what's on today. Everything has got to be dark and gritty. Look at the primetime TV schedule and tell me what shows are fit for an 8-year-old to watch. This is a really neat point he's making. It's either violent or filled with sexual innuendo that isn't innuendo anymore. Don't get me wrong, today's television has some of the best storytelling ever. The Walking Dead is incredible. Breaking Bad has me waiting eagerly for the next season. Unfortunately, I have to watch them after the kids have gone to bed or while they're in their room. Most of the movies that are out usually make sure they get a PG-13 rating so people will watch them. There are some exceptions. ABC's new Once Upon a Time is actually pretty good. We also really enjoy Sci-Fi's Eureka, and of course, Smallville was pretty family-friendly. Of course, the kids have their own lineup of shows on Nickelodeon and the Disney Channel. Sadly, the only shows the whole family sit and watch together are, are Mythbusters, Dirty Jobs, and other similar shows. Luckily, my, two, oh, my older two boys are getting to the teenage years where I'm a little more relaxed on what they watch. My youngest, though, is only three. I really hate that there's a Superman movie coming out next year, and there's a strong possibility I won't be able to take him to it. And that comes from Scott, uh, uh, a.k.a. At Joe Tekor on Twitter, Derek. I thought he was Joe. That's that's all I have to say to that. I don't know. No, uh, he makes an excellent point in the whole. What is in prime time for kids to watch that is like harkens back to a team or. Dukes of Hazzard, or things like that, but oh. it's also one of those "duh" moments where it's like, of course, there's not. you know, this isn't groundbreaking thing you just said. Everybody right. knows this. Right. So somebody thinks about programming twenty years ago versus now, you know, nobody. I, I don't sit there and think, "Wow, there's not a Dukes of Hazzard program." We can all just sit around and watch, mm-hmm. or and, something like that. Right. Be, and, you know, I, I'm not going to sit with my mom and watch Breaking Bad. No, it's no, not no. going to happen. Mm-mm. Hey, mom, well, and you know also <laughs> there. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, and, Mom, don't watch Breaking Bad <laughs> And you know, at the same time it, It's a thing where A lot of the movies That I grew up loving and still love to this day And he mentions Indiana Jones Every Indiana Jones of those first three um, I never saw in the theaters Well, I saw the third one I saw Last Crusade in the theaters But for Raiders and Lost Ark and Temple of Doom I remember sitting in our living room watching that stuff You know, we'd it on video school. Do what? Not the elementary school. Not the elementary school, in the living room. You know, with my mom and dad, and we'd watch these movies. You know, same with Star Wars. Same with uh, Short Circuit. Same with Ghostbusters. Same with even the, like the, not Police Academy 1, because it was rated R, uh, but 2, 3, 4. You know, I mean, as silly as that sounds, you know, we watched them as a family. And and when they got a little too risque, you know, my parents were like, oh, that's not good, you know, and we don't need to watch this anymore, but... There's so much of my childhood when it comes to watching TV or you know those kind of things. Not that we were a bunch of couch potatoes, but there were things that we did together that were appointment family watching. Incredible Hulk, Dukes of Hazard were one of those things. Night Rider, A-Team, uh you know, another two that we that we as a family would watch together. And um and I really don't see that, you know, he mentions Mythbusters and Dirty Jobs, you know, but yeah, I don't really see those type of shows on anymore where people can, you know, have some good storytelling and good fun. With the family, you know, sitting around the old tube, yeah, and that's you know, and that's and that. I, I think that plays into some of it. <clears throat> you know, I, I I go back to something I've said before. I think the only company or studio that that's really getting this stuff right right now is Pixar. Yeah, you know, for the most part, they've got a broad mass appeal that way. I mean, I I, I guess it's time for a Walker Texas Ranger reunion. <laughs> <laughs> You okay over there? A uh, uh, Thunder in Paradise remake. <gasps> um, can I just look can I just pull the curtain back? Sure, you know, you sure. and me for a minute? Yeah. I, w- I was so psyched when I got to your house that day and I was Not like, the- You <laughs> got Thunder in <laughs> Paradise saw D V D Why didn't we it it took all I had to say, Screw She one seventy five, we're marathon. We're, watching, this always. we're yeah. watching Thunder in Paradise. He's got the movies and the series. Nice. Yeah. Well that was a gift to me for christmas when you're from a friend and so it was, fantastic he like, meant it that as that it, person that person should be your best friend well, not me he meant it as kind of a joke and his wife was angry that he got it for me and he's like of how awesome it is right and he was like just watch you'll love it and sure enough he was oh right. had you never seen it oh yeah i'd seen it oh, okay i yeah. was like i remember that crap coming on usa <laughs> Yeah, he was saying no. He was saying, he was letting her know he's gonna love getting this. From oh, you. so and Derek finally uh, one that well, this is from Mark, and he says to the, and the subject line was to the Whedon haters because we talked a little bit about Joss Whedon on the last show. Never said we hated Joss Whedon. <coughs> I'm gonna have to get some water. You do that. The, he says. Well, uh, I give my rebuttal to Mark. He says uh, no Joss Whedon, no Buffy, no Buffy, no Smallville enough said. Derek? And my reply to you is what, Steve? No Superman, no Smallville. Screw Buffy. Exactly. So there you go, Mark. Smallville didn't need Buffy. Smallville needed Superman, which existed, I think, I think (laughs) 70-something years ago? Mm, Yeah, yeah. yeah, Yeah, 70, 70, 74. 74. Yeah. Oh, wow. Next year's the 75th anniversary of Superman. yeah. Oh um, must be why the movie's coming out then My, oh, oh that's so smart wow, Christopher Nolan <laughs> chris I thought it was uh well, he's the, he's the one he he got the ball rolling again I got you I got you no mark i think you're I just think you're off on your facts there, you know, and you're talking to two guys who love Smallville and are pretty much experts on it and and if i recall <laughs> <laughs> if I recall correctly and I'm sure I do. <laughs> um, the creators of Smallville, Al Galf and Miles Miller, actually set out to do a uh, a superhero show. They wanted to originally do Batman, but they wouldn't let them have Batman. Um, they want to do Bruce Wayne, uh, and so instead they they turned their sights on Clark Kent. And I don't remember anything in any of their creation in any of their interviews. Like you know, well Buffy was real big, so we decided to try to do something like that. Uh, and and people will pull out that crap to like. Well, they copy. There's this episode where Clark is is trapped in a in a, in a insane asylum, mm-hmm. and and he and he thinks he has his powers, but but he's just imagined all this. There's a Buffy episode just like that. You know, there's a billion television episodes of crap like that. <sighs> Indeed. Indeed. I don't like it when people just pull out the Buffy car and Be like Buffy, yeah. you know. It's like there's a South Park episode where they keep trying to do stuff. And there's the one kid that's always like Simpsons did it. Yeah, the whole well, episode, know, he just yells it out over and over again. You know, there's a, there's several episodes of Smallville where, where Clark shoots heat beams out of his eyes. Never saw <laughs> Buffy do that. I hate when people always pull out their cards like, oh, they did that on Buffy. Yeah, they did that on the Incredible Hulk in the eighties. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> they did do some of that mess on the Incredible Hulk in the eighties. Uh Thank you, Mark, for sending that in. But you're wrong. There's also an episode where Clark goes to freaking Krypton. Never saw Buffy do that. Anyhow. I might have watched that episode. I would probably have been pissed at it. Mark, you're wrong. Mark, (laughs) you're wrong. Thanks for the email. Please (coughs) keep listening. But you're wrong. And now it's time, Derek, for one of my favorite things we do on Geek Out Loud. Uh Uh-huh. It's time for me to pause the recording and get some water. I thought you were going to say... Hang up. Bye bye. <laughs> All right, and we're back. I'd, I'd offer you some of my water, but I am Dead Spirits. That I dead serious that I did a spit take dead, earlier. Dead Spirits. Dead Spirits. <laughs> I'm Dead Spirits. I'm Dead Spirits. That's a, I'm Dead spirits. That's a buffet reference. <laughs> they did that on buffet fire. They did that on buffet. Uh, oh, Clark's got friends and they solve problems together? That's so Buffy rip-off. Uh, Scooby did it first. <clears throat> Indeed, Scooby did. And did it well. Kind of like Jabberjaws and Speed Buggy and Captain Caveman and those chicks he hung out with. I could go on and on. I'm Any... sorry. Buffy did it first. Buffer. Buffy. Buffy. No, Buffy. Buffy. <clears throat> the phalange. <laughs> no it's time Derek. sorry everyone let me you know what let me let me apologize oh okay to everybody for let's take it down for a minute uh, here. for some reason that i've my, I've had a little tickle in the back of my throat throughout this entire episode and um and that tickles con- for you ladies it's caused me to cough a little bit and and to, con- and to continue to do so even now um and so i apologize <clears throat> he is single ladies uh Ladies, and ladies. Whoa, Callback. That's... Buffy did it first. Buffy did that first. She did callbacks first. Our callbacks. Yeah, Buffy did that whole. Uh, uh, he's single ladies first. Oh, anything we do on Geek Out Loud, Buffy did it Buffy first. Did. Joss Whedon came up with. Joss mm-hmm. Whedon's our writer. No wonder he... you don't like the way he writes for guys. It's, it's you and me. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy came up with Edna first. Uh, it's time for snippets, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, uh, he did those first two. Yeah, well, here we go. Um, do you have any snippets, Derek? Today, um, <clears throat> we'll see where the road takes us. Okay. Well, first off, did you get to because I like where you leave me the any sp- snippets you may have. Well, I don't. <laughs> I don't know what you've got. How do you spell on updating? Let's talk about this. Do what now? There's a lot of T's in there. Oh my! Oh, up-tating. up to dating. up. yep. Up, up, up yep. Updated yep, Up, up. Might be. Yep. There we go. Uh have you seen Phantom Menace in three D? I did. No. It no. was good. I saw it on Thanksgiving. Um, Thanksgiving. Wow. My bad. That's that is some early <clears throat> you got in, sir. Mm-hmm. You got in. Yeah. No, I saw it on Valentine's Day. Um I decided to spend Valentine's Day. I treat Valentine's Day like Thanksgiving. I eat a lot. Yeah, it's depressed eating though for me. <laughs> um I, uh, I I spent time with, you know, the one person the one thing that's always been with me star wars hey now. um but i is, it's really it's funny person. because i walked in i went, i intentionally went to a late show uh-huh and they still had now remember this is tuesday after friday i still got darth Maul collector's glasses cool um perks of small town living and i was the only person <laughs> in the theater until like the last preview was halfway through and then they came in. <clears throat> and then no oh, and then one couple came in and they sat in the back, whereas I was kind of positioned in the middle. And so it was really like me and Star Wars just got to spend an evening together. And it was good That's times. nice. Yeah. I'm happy for you. Really liked it. I, they did a phenomenal job of the 3D. How is, How is Digital Yoda on the big screen? Digital Yoda looks great. He fits right in with everything else they've done with Yoda. Um, you know, so much better than the bulgy-eyed puppet of, of yesteryear. Yeah. So... Um, it looks really good, and the whole thing just looks so good in 3D. And the thing is, is I understand it doesn't make me like The Phantom Menace anymore or any less, or like Star Wars anymore or any less. It's just a different way to see Star Wars. And It's, it's an excuse to see Star Wars on the big screen, oh which gosh. I will take any day of the week. And let me tell you something. There's just something about, even if I'm having a crappy... Star Wars is like macaroni and cheese, or mashed potatoes for me. Star Wars is like visual and audio comfort food. It, if if I'm having a crappy day or something's going on, I pop in Star Wars, and when those blue words come up, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, it's like for that second. I'm back further than that when the with the 20th Century Fox fanfare and the Lucasfilm and and all that. I'm yeah. I'm good. There's just something about a long time ago in a galaxy. Far, oh, I know. Far away, when it gets when it gets so quiet, and yes. then it's just that it's and cool, then, and it's just like everything's right with the world right now. I tried to get my nephew to go Saturday so bad. I was like, "Come on, let's go see it." And uh, I probably should have given him the items I gave him after, because mm. once I gave him those items, he did not want to go to the movie. He wanted to sit there and play with. He should have taken them with him. <sighs> yeah, I wanted to go so bad, yeah. and I want—I want to see it with him, but he just. Well, I can't. I mean, he 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 was quite happy with the the items that he got. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope it. I hope it's still around you somewhere so you can see. Because I think you really need to make time to go see it. It's worth it. Yeah, I want to do the three. Um. Now, I have read. Actually, I listened to the new Darth Plagueis novel that's out. You're currently listening to it. Yes. Um. We hope. So that is new. Yeah. It's well, it's new by about a month or so. Okay. We are, and we're hoping to actually talk a little in depth about it on an upcoming episode of Geek Out Loud. Um, It is; it's one of like three novels that have been published that George Lucas puts his stamp of like, yeah, this is official, you know, Star Wars canon on. And um, be interested to know what all those are. Well, Shadows of the Empire from back in the nineties, of course. Yeah, Um, and Dark Lord: The Rise of Darth Vader, which was that the image. <clears throat> that comes that actually takes place right after Revenge of the Sith okay, I don't have that one, yeah, it's pretty good, really. I tell you what makes that book is the epilogue um for me because because it it the story follows a lot of senators and stuff, and it does follow Vader, and you get inside Vader's head, you get in the suit, you find out what he goes through to kind of learn to to work it and you know learn to be the most feared man in the galaxy but the the epilogue of that book is just amazing it's it's obi-wan sitting in a cantina on tatooine and he sees a hollow news feed and he hears a man referred to as darth vader and you know it just his reaction to realizing that he's still alive um which obi-wan can't catch a break cool when. yeah i want to go read that <clears throat> which obi-wan can't catch a break when it comes to killing sith lords apparently Cause Darth Maul is coming back in the Clone Wars. So I'm so excited about it's that. It's going to be good. It's going to be so good. Um, I if you're a fan of Star Wars, um, I cannot recommend to you enough the Darth Plagueis novel. Uh, it's just called Darth Plagueis, Star Wars Darth Plagueis. And when you read this novel, go watch after you read it, Phantom Menace, and see if you don't see the Phantom Menace in a whole new light. Derek, you're not there yet, but this movie ties in, or this book ties in so strongly to that movie. It is, it's amazing. And um, it'll blow your mind what's going on off screen uh, while the Phantom Menace is happening. So, Okay. Um, <clears throat> I finally played Batman Arkham City. Yeah. I liked it. Uh, it's very, it's a little too vulgar for me. It's like they just threw in everyone cusses for some reason. Um, Which, you know, it doesn't have to be that way, but it is, I guess. And I like the fact, you know, a lot of times when they do sequels to video games the new controls and everything are so hard to kinda like they throw in so much new crap. This it is the same layout, same format of of controls as Arkham Asylum was. And the gameplay is a little more rich, a little more robust, and I was shocked at the ending. That's all I have to say about that. What's the Have you not played it? No, no. I have not. I don't know if I need to really scroll. Um, I mean it's pretty big. I don't Well, I'm display. dealing with I was going to wait. Uh I want to buy the the Star Wars Xbox mm-hmm. that's coming out the R2D2. Yeah. One. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to wait and just that was kind of because it was supposed to be out in January. Right. And I said I'm going to hold off on Arkham City because that was the one thing I was really wanting to play. Yeah. Um and then I bought this TV. I haven't told you my TV's broken. You did tell me that. That's I tell line you line across okay. it. Very angry. Yeah. Um But um but then the guy is selling me on the whole, well, you've already got a three D Blu-ray player because you got the PS3. So you can play uh Arkham City, which was the example he gave me in three D, and I'm like, huh? Yeah, there's three D settings on the game. And and so I I'm still just sitting here deciding what to do. Yeah. Um I don't know why. I, I guess I should just go buy it for the PS3. And, it's and yeah, it's really it. good. It's it's a really solid game. Um, well, of course, I mean it's 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 as solid as Arkham Asylum was. I want to know the ending now. I can't tell you. I just what? feel terrible what? to tell you. Not on the air, but oh sure, after. okay, yeah, afterwards. Okay, if yeah. You really we'll want to know? I'll tell you. Get um, <clears> out <throat> afterwards. After. There are a lot of neat side missions. You know, in Arkham Asylum, you mainly had like the Riddler stuff that you had to do, kind of as side missions. Yeah, there are a lot of 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 side missions with different characters and different villains in this game. So does it and, do you ever feel like you completed a hundred percent, or does it just kind of keep going? I'm only at fifty six percent. Good grief! Yeah, and I was I beat doing the good game. to be at like ninety something percent. Yeah, i beat the main story. I'm only at fifty six percent. I'm going back and getting Riddler trophies and. All this kind of stuff right now. So, cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, but it's it's worth checking out. Uh, Derek, Smallville is coming. Smallville Season 11 is coming in comic form. Uh, the emails and tweets we received about this were akin to Google updating its privacy policy. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. I just, the, reason I, the reason I bring this up as a snippet <laughs> is so that everyone will know. We know. And Wars House of L is coming back. No, is it? Inside Geek Out Loud. Oh, okay. I didn't know that was the case. Sorry. Yes, you did. We said we were going to talk about it. Um yeah, we're actually don't you know, guys, we're going to be uh uh really talking this thing. Of course it's Smallville, so of course we're gonna be talking about it. You know the shoe style reviews you got on Star Wars House of L for episodes you will be getting on Geek Out Loud for for comic books episode 1101 guardian which will go for the first several issues then we'll get 1102 and so forth gosh you already know names i do know the second one i can't say what it is okay but brian's been nice enough to keep me in the loop and hopefully we can get brian on um yes brian said said he released to kind of talk about him and uh and so he said he'd come on now and i was like why don't we wait until there's something actually you know yeah talk about because everything's shrouded in secrecy i mean it's six months later and there's just so much you know it's just i'm excited i'm very excited i'm looking forward to it i haven't picked up a comic book in so long um that this is going to be a a unique experience for me back into comics so yeah yeah um and of course they're going to be released digitally and in uh uh, uh, floppy form, is that right? Did I say that um, right? Some of them are going to be... Re- they, they, we don't know yet if it's going to be a continuing thing where they're going to be released in print. But okay. print was the word first- I was looking for. Well, um... And I think we might have something special planned on Geek get Loud for it? Maybe? Yes, yes we do. Yeah, we've yes. got got a few minor details to work out. and uh, But once we get those worked out and hammered out and time set, then, uh... Yeah, I it's going to be an exciting episode. It's going to be an, it's going to be a great episode once we uh, and and I think the plan is to wait until, um, to do the whole thing. I think the plan is to wait until the whole first episode has been released. Yeah, we may do that. Okay, we may, which would probably be in. Uh, what, what would that make it? June, July. <clears throat> yeah. Twelve issues, twelve weeks. We'll Are see. They're coming out weekly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Every Friday. Yeah. Just so, like Smallville. Yeah. So one arc of a, a series of comics is is one episode. Yes. Basically. Episode one, mm-hmm. Guardian, is twelve issues. Okay. Cool. So that will be twelve weeks. Yeah. Looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I think you know, any way we get to spend time with these characters again is is going to be fun. You know, I know that there's been a lot of talk about the Green Arrow pilot that's apparently been greenlit um, uh, uh, not greenlit. Uh, no, oh, I was laughing at your green lit. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't, mean, I didn't mean for that. Buffy um, did it first. Yeah, <laughs> but apparently there's a Green Arrow pilot that has been approved at least to be filmed. Um, you know, it may go the way of Aquaman. Uh, so, and I don't know that we have much information about that, do we? Uh, just that there's casting and people have been cast yeah and And we know it's not going to have anything to do it's not a spinoff of smallville at all so um you know so so we can hush that talk up and i'll watch it but i mean before all the other questions come about that i don't really see us doing anything about that i mean if it's really super awesome we'll probably (sighs) you know green out loud or something but i mean we might talk about it on here but yeah so, I mean, this is just kind of our catch all for everything that we're And it's right it just better to do it this way because then you kind of get to talk about everything. Well, and that way, too, if it gets canceled, you're not stuck with a, you know, a defunct and, podcast. And look here. how, well, yeah. And yeah, then you've put all this time and money into it. But two, it's so adaptable. There's yeah. a small bill coming out. Well, we get to have a little shoe corner. Or mm-hmm. we get to, you know, yeah. if you don't want to listen to that, just skip ahead to a certain skip time. Skip it to stamp the snippet. And skip it. snippet. And, and, you know, we brought round three into this and mm-hmm. cooking with Derek. It's coming to geek out loud near you. <laughs> yeah. Didn't get picked up. Um picked up. we mentioned it earlier in the show. There have been Google has updated it. It's probably yes, <laughs> <laughs> and Smallville is coming out in comic book form. Smallville season eleven. <clears throat> um no, there've been some uh there's been a picture or two released. Um leaked? Do we say released Le- or yes, leaked leaked? leaked. He, he's he's ticked off. Abrams is. He is? Yeah. He's very mad. So, should we not talk about this then? Well, I don't think he's listening. But what if he does? Skip ahead. Oh, I saw Super 8. So, thank you, oh, Mr. Abrams. How'd you like that? It's very good. Yeah. It's very good. Do you understand where I was coming from then with that discussion now about, like, who were, you know, whatever happened to all this? Yeah. No, yeah. I do. And, you know, Abrams. There's a whole different realm between Abrams on TV and Abrams in film. Mm -hmm. You know, I love Abrams in film. Mm -hmm. Abrams on TV, not so much. Yeah. Um, but it was it was it was really well done. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the dad. Yes. Yeah. Uh, But you know, I just tonight started. I I just before I started came here. I was doing. Season four premiere of Friday Night Lights. <laughs> nice. So I've just about killed that that's entire your, that's series. That's your new love, by the way. The Snip, it. Oh Snip it. Snip it, Steve. Snip, Snip it. it. Snip it Friday Night Lights. I have Lights. never led you astray before, have I? Um, mm-hmm. I'll say no right now. I'll say no for the sake of the show. One of the best series I mm-hmm. have ever seen in my entire life. Really? Just exceptional. I've heard a ton of good stuff about. Do I need to watch the movie? No. Okay. No. And and you know, so far I'm well, one Buffy episode into first, season 4. Um nothing has touched season 1. Mm-hmm. They've all been good, but season 1 was has been the best, but it is it is just you, we were talking. We were having that moment earlier where we we're talking about you just you get eaten up with something. you yes. eat up. You get eat up with it. you just get yes. eat up with it. Save you just, just got to say it, Derek. If you're going to say it, say it right. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I say, boy, you get eat up with it. <laughs> Some people eat up with a dumb butt. He's a few bricks short of a house. <laughs> um, it, I, I say that I, boy's I a few fries short of a so happy meal. Into it. Yeah. And you can make fun of me if you want to. I'm Talk not making to. fun of you. No, at not all. you. I'm talking oh. to. I I'm, I I leaned left. I lean left to the microphone. when I'm talking to Steve. I lean right when I'm talking to Paul. I he got left you. Left. I didn't know who but you were talking to. It's the same person you were telling that I coughed while ago. I yeah. Okay. <laughs> he coughed. He coughed. Uh, <laughs> it's just so good. Mm-hmm. They do so many just cool. Just from a writer's standpoint, they do say, so. I, I don't know, man. I, I really, I fought watching it forever. My yeah, sister yeah. was finally like, you've got to watch this. And I, I, I'm i just, it's good. It is dang good television. Well, that may be the next thing I check out on the old Netflix. Well, it'll go quick. Yeah. Because season one is full length, but all the other seasons are like 12, 13 episodes. Okay. All right. Well, now, um, you say you don't have to watch the movie to watch the show. No. Buffy did that first, too. <laughs> Just point that out. Aren't there references in the Buffy pilot to the movie, though? Yeah, there are. Like weak, weak references. Yeah, well, I mean, she's coming from that school. She had to move, so she's new at this school and all this other stuff. So, okay. um, you got any other snippets? We we kind of blew past the Star Trek. Well, thing. I don't want J.J. Abrams to be mad at me. Well, it's fine. We'll we'll help. we'll we'll set up a lunch. <clears throat> there there's okay. there's been a picture, and now I've seen video. Yeah, um, of uh, them filming a fight between Spock and uh, Gary Mitchell. Gary, who is that? He's look. I want. I want it time stamped right now. There is no doubt in my mind, from my track knowledge, from watching the original series hundreds of times, that that Benedict was playing Gary Mitchell. Who is Gary Mitchell? Gary Mitchell is a Starfleet officer that served on the Enterprise that got to the Galactic Barrier. He got all messed up. He was a friend of Kirk's. Everybody thinks Benedict is playing Khan. Mm-hmm. He's he's playing Gary Mitchell. Wow, I'm I'm calling it. Derek's stepping out with some Trek knowledge. By the way, I'm dropping it on now. You. Is Gary Mitchell the bald chick in the Star Trek the Motion Picture? No. Okay, so I've narrowed it down. <laughs> By one, so now, Gary, Gary Mitchell's on the on the series, the original series. So Gary Mer- Mitchell is not played by the man who played Murdoch in the eighteen. No, because something similar happened to him, right? Only it was a hollow deck addiction. Uh, you remember that? That was Next Generation, wasn't it? Right. Okay. I so, don't. I don't know too much about. Is I, Gary Mitchell played. ever referred to as number one? Gary Mitchell? Yes. For one episode. He's number one. Like, Kirk wanted him to be first officer on the Enterprise, but but Starfleet wouldn't let him, and, and they made Spock. So he was, like, at the helm or something. Mm. Gary, you have the helm. Spock. These of the many. Um. I watched that whole documentary, by the way. Oh yeah, was it real quick. That's a good snippet. <laughs> snippet. Snipper. Um, that is a good snippet. That Captain Kirk. I love how you and I find the most random stuff on Instant Watch, and we text each other to watch it. We're like, "Hey, watch this." That, well, see, I couldn't in good conscience tell you to watch that. Um, yeah, it was pretty bad because because number one, the way it was constructed was not appealing to me. Well, I thought it was going to be much more about Star Trek, Mm -mm. and it's not at all. It's it's, basically it's it's a documentary called The Captains, Mm -hmm. which William Shatner directs. I think, yeah, and stars in at least hosts hosts and stars in, and he goes to all the captains. Mm -hmm. He goes to Patrick Stewart and Avery Brooks and Kate Mulgrew and uh, Chris Pine. Um, and actually goes to the Paramount lot to see Chris Pine. So I don't know if they were filming. Or if he was filming something else, yeah. uh, it's I don't done, either. But... I don't know what was going on. All I know is, is they give Chris Pine like you know three minutes of screen time. Um, no, the only thing I thought was funny was the arm wrestling between. them. Oh yeah, they did yep. do that. Um, he sits down, and has a conversation with Scott Bakula. Oh yeah, Bakula's um, from Enterprise, and 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 what, I, I completely don't even recognize Enterprise as ever existing. He it's talks to that. Scott Bakula about. Um, about what it's like to act, he talks to, uh, to Patrick Stewart about what it's like to grow up British and act. That was really the only interesting thing to me was. But he was, gets it just got too deep. It—he tried to make it all too too like cerebral and psychological. Well, it got—it got, it got sad. and it got With creepy too, when he started got into whole, They got into all their divorces and yeah. how much the show like ripped away from them and. But that's yeah. on them. That's not on the show. I know. I'm just saying that stuff was. More interesting than anything else yeah. in the whole documentary. He world. hit on Kate Mulgrew a little bit, which was really weird. Kind yeah, of awkward. Avery Brooks is just—he's uh, gone crazy. He—he—he he, he, he wishes know what he was—he wishes he were a blind piano player. Uh, he's kind of gone off the deep end. Yeah, a he bit. was really. Fruity. I'm not sure he was ever not on the deep end. He was oh. guano crazy, Derek. Guano. Collect the whole thing. Collect the whole thing. Guanaboles. <laughs> it's if you're a Trek fan, and I mean hardcore Trek fan, you don't check this out, I'm sure you'll like it. For me, I like Will Shatner when he is being kind of zany and you don't really get enough of that in this. That's what I was really hoping for. It was a little bit of like just him They all tried to make it way too serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is what happened there. So which I'm sure to them it is that personal and that serious, yeah. but to the viewer it was like, I I thought they were going to, I don't know. I just, they all knew a lot about their uh, respective series. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. You know, a lot of people, it's just a job. and Well, they whatever. spent so much time on it. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like if you went back and you talked to just about anyone that spent that much time on a series, they'd be able to tell you about it bacula I, I i think bacula's funny i like him so bacula's so yeah he's he's really good, he's a good guy. but i just like i say i feel like the the editing was a little weird and some of the conversations it just it's I don't called know. the captains i don't yes. think we ever said that it, did. Was, it we we did. wasn't the best thing ever we said that, we but said it, that did we happens. so well, um, said it first. so you're calling gary mitchell I say he's Gary Mitchell. The the episode was sixty. The podcast was Geek Out Loud. Derek Russell made the call. This to is Gary the sixtieth episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it only took us four years to get here. Man, I would have bought a cake. Nah, uh, you should have brought a pizza. Steve's gotta eat. Steve's gotta eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, Derek, we promised last time uh, that that we would we talk a little bit about Superman. Um, Particularly, Superman Returns, the movie Superman Returns, because you would watch this thing on AMC, basically a pop-up video version of the movie. Pop-up video. And there, oh, I love pop-up video. And were, I'm so glad they brought it back. Yes, and I'd never watch it though. To be glad they brought it back. Um, and and you saw some things that kind of caused you a little disturbance, that sort of thing. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But I figured this was a great opportunity because though we had a whole show devoted to Smallville. And you know, we never really got to talk about our history that much, with this character and, and, and what we like about this character. And given you know that, that, that video that came out you know a little bit before the last time we recorded, you know, where the guy basically starts out telling everyone they don't care about Superman, I think this yeah. is a good opportunity for us to kind of spend a little bit of time with the character, talk about the character and, and, and what we like about it. What Do you remember how you were introduced to Superman? Uh, no. I um framed on my on the wall in of my office right now. I have my Superman pajamas mm-hmm. when I was a kid. You, I can remember wearing the those. Things. Huh? He framed the weirdest things. No, it was actually a gift from my dad. Huh. He was um, moving and he found them and and framed them for mm-hmm. me, which I think is cool. Yeah, because yeah. it's uh, that's of all the Superman <laughs> memorabilia I have in my office. All the cool things I've gotten, all the stuff I've gotten from the Smallville set, stuff I've gotten over the years, stuff I've collected, or or had made, or people have made or sent to me—that's the first thing I ever had. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool to me mm. to have. That—that's the as far as I know, that's my first piece of Superman memorabilia mm. ever. So that's neat to me to have it yeah. framed in glass. Um, and I had a I had a Superman stuffed doll. Oh, you know, whatever you stuffed animal, not not uh, a tater tot. <laughs> Mind I'm you, I think we need to just explain real quick. Let's we just skip over. <laughs> Derek had a had a little stuffed thing on his uh on his desk the other day at work. He took a picture of it, twit picked it, twit picked it, twit picked it, and um and it's and they called apparently it's a little toy line called Tater Tots. Well, it's Sonic. Oh. It's putting them out in the, their little Happy Meals. Oh, wow. So they're little tater tots. Do they have all kinds of superhero tater tots? There are 14 of them. Excuse me, I have to get to Sonic. I, this is what I'm saying. Um, the And Superman is the only one. There's not a Batman one, which I thought was really weird. Um, well, so, I mean, come on. He's too good to look that cute. Who's going to put Batman on a tater no tot? No one puts Batman on a tater tot. Nobody puts Batman. I hate been, tots. I've, I hate tater tots. I've been, I've been staying with them. my cousin. Why can't they just make um, french fries? Um, Superman's the only one that there is a... Do I look like, like a potato? There's a Clark Kent, and there's a Superman. Oh, cool. There's two. But in the line of Superman family, there is also a Supergirl and a Bizarro. But there's Hawkgirl and Aquaman and hmm. Wonder Woman. and there, there were a bunch of them. It was neat. neat. Flash. Yeah. Um. Still don't know where it came from. Don't know who had a key to my office. But it was sitting on my desk Monday morning. Hmm. So it was nice. I was thinking, of me. Yeah. Guess, whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, Steve and I had an hour long. <laughs> conversation. Derek's like, "Did you see my tater tot?" I'm like, "What does that even mean?" <laughs> like, do you like my tater tot? I'm like, "What are you talking about?" I, I was so know, what scared. You mean? I was like, well, "What?" You, you had commented about it, so I thought, you know. But you couldn't tell it was a tater tot, but, and I, mean, I didn't. You, this it. the, the it conversation unsonic. we had about it. Was like hours later, though, too. <laughs> I don't retain Twitter knowledge. I, okay, absolutely. I get on. No, I'm just saying. Like, I get online and I see this stuff, and like a lot of it just kind of floats away because it's like I got I got stuff to do. Steve's got to eat. We, but we had Steve's got to eat. But we hadn't talked in a while, so then that was the last correspondence we had had. So I thought maybe it would clue back did in. Did you Did you bounce back on that thing? I'm sorry. I replied to that twitpic. Did you reply back? Uh, no, I did not That's why I forgot it then, because we didn't make a bit out of it. Oh. So unless something becomes a bit for you and I, it's basically a dead-end conversation. No, 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 no. See, that Twitter, though, I don't consider that between you and I. I consider that public stuff. Oh, let's... We should just treat that like you got loud and say, forget all them and go off on our own. Right. Hence the gauntlet thing the other day. That who, was for you and me. Who threw that mess down? I did. Exactly. On the, it was so funny. I was so glad I found that picture. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't remember what that was about, but... um. Anyway, you know, the character of Superman, tater tot. Um, but I had a I had a Superman stuffed, tall like stuffed animal, mm-hmm. and I had a, a old Superman figure, and mm-hmm. that's all I can remember having as a kid. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as watching things, remembering things, I, I don't know. You know, you're older than me. Mm-hmm. I am. Uh, so so you may you remember certain things differently than I am, and I'm sure you can remember the later films coming out in theaters yes I saw Superman 3 and Superman 4 in the theater there you go um I think I was what year did Superman 4 come out 86 I believe 85 yeah I was I think 86 I think 87 I'm gonna say 87 yeah it would have been summer 87 then so I was 2 I was 10 87 um so I you know I don't remember that stuff like, like that right um Nineteen ninety four, ninety three, when Lois and Clark came on, mm-hmm. I was eight, nine years old. Yeah, um, every Friday, Saturday night, whenever that came on, I was there watching that. I remember, you know, being obsessed with that. I remember that coming on uh, Sunday nights. Maybe Sunday. Okay, A, A. I, I can just remember it, it, it being appointment television. Yeah, I, I was there, and I, you know, I, church, but I can remember having tapes on tapes sure. of recording those episodes also but i can remember coming home from school and watching superboy mm-hmm. which i loved mm-hmm. i loved the superboy tv series live action tv series where he was down in florida at school at college with lana um at disney mgm studios The disney MGM studios It's <laughs> schuster uh university right, um, next to, right next to the thunder and paradise lagoon he was he <laughs> just looks out and there goes hulk um you know something superboy There was that huge crossover episode, I remember that. Oh my gosh, if that were true? Let's write it. That'd be amazing. (laughs) Fanfic, here we go. (laughs) Uh, Fanfiction. But as far as what, you know, Mm -hmm. I can remember having conversations with my dad. I don't remember him being a huge comic reader, but he, you know, he still liked the stuff. But uh, it's just really not a... There's not one thing in my mind that I remember, and I kind of hate that. Yeah. Because when you love something that much, you've probably got a Star Wars moment in your head, where it's like, "I want this. Mm. I want to be. I want to be a part of this." I mean, do you not? Star Wars has always been with me. I mean, I guess that's the way I'd have to say it about. Yeah, Superman. I'm like I'm like that with Star Wars, the way you are with Superman. For me, I don't remember if it was if, if the for me the movie came first or Super Friends came first. Okay. Um, my most vivid memory and earliest memory of, of really Superman. Of course, I was familiar with the movie, knew the movie. I had like a, a little, uh, a, a kind of a, almost a behind the scenes picture book, you know, of Superman yeah. the movie. Um, that I feel like was kind of a hand me down from my older brother. Um, and again, this is again, it's like my older brother's influence kind of in my life that this is what he was into. And so, you know, it was kind of what I saw and, and decided to be into. Um, but one of the earliest memories of Superman I have is the ABC airing on the ABC, on the ABC Sunday night movie, uh, Superman 2. Yeah. And um, and, and we've talked about this on goal before on, sh- on goal on shoe before where the, the intro just always sticks out to me because there are all these stars, you know, that it went through. And I think you even sent me a YouTube video of it one time. Uh-huh. Um, and, and that's kind of one of my earliest memories is Superman being shown on TV, Superman and Superman 2. And, of course, we videotaped it. And, of course, yeah. I love, always have loved Superman 2. Um, in fact, growing up, Superman 2 was my favorite of the movies, over, you know, over even Superman the movie. um. You know, so when people say, do you like the Donner Cut or the Lester Cut, there, there's a big part of me that's like, Superman 2. That's yeah. what I love. You know, I, the one I, I grew I, up with. I have a lot more memories with Superman 2 than I do Superman 1. Yeah. But I always loved it. I always loved Superman. I always loved the super friends, you know. Yeah. Um, they weren't the bat friends, ladies and gentlemen. They were the super friends. Oh, snap. Um, don't mean to get, don't, sorry, didn't mean to get so aggressive there. Um, did it first. but uh but yeah i mean uh, the, he's a uh, it's it's another one of those things that it's just always kind of been around and i also love the incredible hulk growing up you know um he's your favorite marvel he's my favorite marvel and for the longest time i i would i would go as far as to say you like incredible hulk more than superman as know? much as much. As much, if not. For the, because for the longest time, The Incredible Hulk was my favorite superhero. Because I was turned off to... D, when I first started collecting DC Comics, and I think I've told this story somewhere, either here... <laughs> on one of these On one of these shows. When I first started collecting comics, I looked at the comic book rack at the store that I was getting comics from. There was a Superman comic there. And unbeknownst to me at the time, but known to me now, I should have picked this bad boy up. Because it was early on in the John Byrne run. And I look at it, I kind of flip through it real quick, and and the last page is Superman and Wonder Woman just in this big lip lock. Now, I didn't know anything about a recent reboot. I didn't know anything about Crisis on Infinite Earth. I didn't know anything about any of this stuff. This is circa when? Circa... Whenever that big splash panel happened. Michael Bailey, the professor, could tell you. Um. Ah, the professor. But it was not long after the John Byrne Man of Steel reboot. Because in the very next issue, that was the last page. He's lip-locked with Wonder Woman. And in the very next issue, he pulls away and he's like apologetic and everything. I didn't understand that as a comic book collecting young kid. Right. I was new to this whole thing. I was looking at covers of the Incredible Hulk where he had long hair and didn't know what in the world was going on, you know. I didn't know why he was gray. I didn't know why Spider-Man was wearing a black suit, all this stuff. Well... So here now is this Superman in a lip lock with Wonder Woman. And I'm just like, no, that's not Superman. I hate DC and you're comics. like, girls, ick. I, I wasn't even like girls, ick. It was more like he and Wonder Woman don't have a relationship. And I put it down and I said, I hate DC. And I stuck with Marvel. And mm. it wasn't until Grant Morrison's run on the Justice League in the late 90s that I really started digging into the DC comics and found out how much I did love them and and kind of my love for Superman was reignited um, yeah. you know always loved the character and and always loved the movies um, but it was just a stupid childish thing you know you know and, and it was the geek in me that immediately my knee jerk reaction to anything I don't like is I hate it you know or I don't understand I hate this it's stupid yeah. you know so Buffy did it. The Buffy did this first. Um I did. <laughs> I looked at I ripped the comic up. I looked at the proprietor and said, Buffy did that first. <laughs> Buffy hadn't even thought of yet. That's right. <laughs> um, could have written it, Steve. Hadn't been written yet. That's right. So could have been a lot of money. So that's kinda how it's, how I was introduced to him. That's how I kind of, you know, just kind of same as you, just kind of grew up with them, trading cards around the place. You know, Superman. I, I, yeah, I have a stack of old Superman comics when I was a kid. Don't remember where they came from. Don't yeah. remember who gave them to me. I, but etched in my memory, I remember the covers. But you know, the first thing I really, really remember, and I kind of touched on this last time. My first, I mean, I remember. I have the pajamas. I had the stuffed animal. But the first thing that I, I was felt like I was act act actively. Ew actively involved in in the superman you know fandom fan fan base Mm -hmm. was standing in line for death and return of superman or death of superman and and collecting all of those and having all the funeral for friends and and every issue that intertwined and all that stuff i just remember eating all of that up and and you know every you know every time it came time for a new issue, got to go get it. You yeah. know, we've got to it well. I remember, I remember where I was the morning they reported that on the news. My, I was I was going to school. My dad was taking me to school, and I, and they reported that on the news about Superman's dying. You know, and I'm like, and I was just listening. I'm like, oh wow, they're killing off Superman. Good, he kissed Wonder Woman. Because <laughs> <laughs> I hate the Dark Knight. Right. No, I, that's not what I was thinking at all. I, it was just like I was like, oh wow, that's. Why are they reporting this on the news? You know, because even then, and ninety two. How old were you? Ninety two. I was fourteen. Okay. I was 14, fifteen. Fifteen. So, and and I'd been collecting comics long enough to know. Well, that's not going to stick. Yeah. You know. So there, take that and smoke it, Mister Video Man, that made that. Um, so you know, even as a kid, there I knew I'm like this isn't going to stick, and but I don't. I don't even know that I got the original comic when that happened. I think that was given to me later by somebody. And I was like, yeah, I'll take this. It's cool. It's pretty cool, I guess. Or I found it in a convenience store like like our Jiffy stores around town. And so I found an issue, and I'm like, well, I'll pick this up because I need to. You know, it's history. And so I've since gotten like two more, three more copies, you know, because it, everyone had it. But I can, re- I can remember getting the, the graphic version with Lois holding him on the cover mm-hmm. and all that stuff and I, I had one of the black issues that just had the bleeding red S on the cover. Well you just went all out didn't you? The, the bag and board I lost that uh, years ago. Didn't know what happened to that? I still have the graphic novel actually right next to me right now on the bookshelf um, but a few months ago I had a, a client in my office and he I have Superman stuff I get made fun of a lot. Sure. You. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm just letting you know. I'm I am listening. I'm just letting you know. So I'm listening. much right now. I wasn't I'm right. saying that's right. I'm just saying that yes, it all this happens. to that conversation just went down verbatim. I'm, I get made fun of a lot. Yeah. I'm I'm empathizing. No, you yeah. weren't. Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you have no idea, Derek. Rachel. Buffy did it first. <laughs> I'm gonna throw up. I'm laughing so- <laughs> This is John Phillips on the scene where there appears to be some people making fun of Derek. You get made fun of a lot. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you jerk. <laughs> I wasn't being a jerk. I was saying, sure, I understand that you get made fun of a lot. I've got a room full of Star Wars stuff. Oh, good grief. Yeah, but not in your office. I've got stuff in my office like I've got, You've got a few things. You don't have anything major in there. It's because I don't want people to break it. I don't want people to make fun of me. Um, or make fun of me. I get made fun of a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, duh. And? Sure, <laughs> and? Yeah. This we know. Tell us something we don't know. Um, but I, I've, I've got stuff all over my office. And I've got that awesome Fortress of Solitude lithograph yeah. framed. And... and um, uh, I, one of my clients came in. He's like, "I've got one of those uh, Death of Superman." I was like, "Oh, that's cool. You know, it's just like it's He's like, "No, I've got one of the the from the release when it's in the the black with the the bleeding S that's never been opened. It's still taped shut." He's like, "I'll give it to you. I, it's it's sitting in my desk drawer at home. It's just in a stack of stuff. I'll bring it up to you. you. Tell I'm, him to bring it to you." I, I'm sitting there thinking, "Ah, he'll you know I'll never see this guy again." He one next day he comes in and throws it across my desk. He's like, "Here, buddy." have it. I was like, thank you. That's a good day. That was a good day. That reminds me of the day the guy come walking in my office and he had an old Return of the Jedi collector glass from Burger King. Nice. Yeah. I really Did he just it? like dangle it in front of you and then run away? No, or? he gave it to me. I really well, appreciated cool. that. Yeah. yeah. A lot. So, nice. now of of the movies, the uh-huh. five movies, which one's your favorite? Man, you know, I'm kind of like you growing up. It was all about the two. Yeah. It was. Well, he was, was fighting the three baddies. It was Zod, and and you know all yeah, those stuff. Yeah, before Zod. You know what kills me is people always talk about Superman Returns. Is like, you well, know, he didn't even throw a punch. Well, he didn't do a whole lot in the first movie. No, he didn't in Superman the movie. It's. I mean, he 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 caught the missiles and he turned the Earth backwards. Well, he lifted lifted a huge piece of kryptonite in space in Superman Returns. I mean, it's kind of you know. But God forbid we compare the two at all. No, so don't, we, we, don't do that. They're not dream. shot for shot remakes. No, so we, no, we yeah. just screamed. Yeah. Um. We, we can't sync him up to Pink Floyd no. together. <laughs> um, Hello. Is there, <laughs> Is there anybody, anybody in there? there? In there. Um. <laughs> Imagining scenes. You can't eat your pudding until you eat your meat. Oh my god. How can you have any pudding if you do not <laughs> eat your meat? Okay. never listen to the wall the same way ever again. Holy crap! That just floored me, sir. Very good. Well, Holy Lord, that was awesome. It's, Thank you. It's the rules of pudding and meat, Derek. They, uh, no, I know they cannot be denied. I actually have. I've got that on my iPod. The card it came on today. And the next time that happens, I, I don't know why I remember that. It, it shuffled from chocolate pie to that. Mmm. Well, he was just reminding well, you. Yeah, yeah. Here's why it's it. too but late. I, we then don't then you need no education. I'm trying to tell you about chocolate pie sorry. in the car the other day. I'm sorry, and you were um, you were like, "This guy wants me to buy something." What was that? It popped up with something. Oh yeah, you sent me a a twit vid, and it came up to like some pyramid scheme, and I'm oh, like, it was pyramid scheme. I That's thought you a... were like saying attack, and I'm like, yes, I'm going to get to take down a cult with Derek. <laughs> My lifelong dream has come true. <laughs> He has thrown the gauntlet down for sure. Oh, it was just coming across my screen there. It's a chocolate pie, Steve Blossom. I was like, he'll appreciate this. I did appreciate element. it. Where was I going with that? Oh, two. Two. Um, Number two. Uh, you know, he doesn't do a whole lot in one, but no. one just has some great storytelling. Yes. You know, and a lot of people still uphold that as the quintessential superhero film yeah superhero not just superman but superhero film super yeah it set the standard for how they should be done or how a good origin story is done i think they took their time you know there was an interview with michael keaton i think after batman begins came out and he was like how do you feel about all this being rebooted and everything he's like because you know batman was really the first superhero film and he was like no 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 no, superman yeah i mean (laughs) (laughs) michael (laughs) keaton gets it why doesn't anybody else uh, Michael Heaton just admitted Superman did it first. That's right. <laughs> Buffy did it. Um, That's what Buffy did. Buffy did it first. Buffy, Buffy um, did that first. Buffy. Buffy! It was very transitional period. Yeah, well, um, it harkens back to, you know, the classics. It does. Of Buffy. It does. <laughs> Season one episode. <laughs> um, um, two. But I've got... I have special places in my heart for three and four. Four is special to me because I remember going to see that just me and my dad, you know, which was rare. Yeah, but you just want to smack Jeremy. Yeah, I'll tell you what I'd do. (laughs) Through a little Superman. (laughs) Tell the press what you told me, son. I just don't understand why Superman said no. (laughs) Say a little louder. I just don't understand why Superman said no. Go. Leave me alone. They need to remake Superman 4 with Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> well, and that kid in Superman 3. Billy? Yeah. Is that his name? I believe in you, Superman. I know you can hear me super hearing. Superman. Get better, Superman. You can fight it. The, the, uh... i tell you what I'd do. <laughs> <laughs> I'd write a letter to Superman. Who, whose kid was that in Superman 3? It was Lana's kid. But who's the father? Uh, her ex husband. Was that? Was he the dad? I guess. I don't. I, I have don't to know. Assume so. He might have been illegitimate. <clears throat> mm. mm. Well, you know what we learned in Smallville. What did we learn? Lana will get it on. She do. She do. So she do. Four. Four special me those seriously because I went and saw my dad and that was something. What I do. And I'll tell <laughs> you what I do. Write a to Superman. he didn't know what to I do. I just don't understand why he won't do it. I don't, just don't understand why I said no. <laughs> and a 40 you know, year old Mark McClure, way to go, Superman! <laughs> <laughs> he still has an FBM. <laughs> what's he going to In the line from Lacey Warfield, what, what's he going to say? Something wonderful. Jimmy's still a cub. Photographer at the Daily Planet. Way he's to go, able, Superman! He's able to draw retirement. He's, yeah, so. I was going to say he's getting his, he's getting a Social Security check. His four hundred one k. Way to go, <laughs> Superman! I think Superman four Jimmy I, did not age well. No, not at all. <laughs> I go back to Superman four had great heart and just poor execution. But it's special to me because I saw it with my dad. And when you come from a family of you know four other brothers and sisters, it's hard to get just one on one time. You know, yeah. with the old parents. And so, and and we had a good time. And he came back and he was picking on me about, you know, well, were you crying there in that last speech? I'm like, no, I wasn't crying. And I oh. wasn't. You know, but like, I, I guess so I guess that's where I learned to be a man and be tough and not let people see me cry. But, you know, I'm like, oh, it must not be cool to cry if you're emotionally moved by something. Well, not in the Superman movie. <laughs> well, right. But I wasn't crying at the Superman movie. I was just, he was picking on me saying I was. But Superman 3, I saw as a kid, with my sister and with a whole group of friends and I remember the robot lady scaring me at the end like I got a little freaked out by her I have early memories of the uh, superman Atari game that's going on in in that movie Well I don't know that it was an Atari game but they used Atari they used well, Pac-Man sound like, effects. I mean, Yeah they saying. used Pac-Man the... sound effects from Atari Yeah so yeah. yeah I mean it but anyhow so yeah but I, they they all I like them all for different reasons you know, of those original four with Christopher Reeve. And, I, and Christopher Reeve, you know, I think it, it's been talked to death. He embodies that character so well. He's you your know? Superman. Yeah. And so, um, you know, so I, I do. what, But, you know, what well, about... Let's keep two, in mind, Superman 4 is the... Quest for Peace. Well, the Photoshop. Yes, that is the Photoshop It Superman. is the same shot of Superman over. Over and over again. And over. Yeah, in space. In the subway. In the... Skyline of Metropolis. Yeah. Oh, and there's Nuclear Man. Same thing. There was a <clears throat> Paul Shear has a podcast. He's a comedian. I think. Um. You. Called. Um. What is it called? I think it's called How Did This Get Made? Mm-hmm. And he and his team take a movie and pick it apart, and it's basically how did this yeah, film get you, made? Yeah. You know the the thing is, is when I. Saw, I heard about that podcast. And when I when I listened to it, I was expecting them to say, Well, here's why this movie actually made it through to the to the stage where it got put out in theaters. Yeah. But they just are like, How did this get made? That's more how the question's asked. Yeah. It's not, hey, how did this get made? Let us explain to it. It's still paid, yeah. paid every time. Well they basically just pay, pick apart every scene, which right. utterly ridiculous. And they even did Punisher Two, what was that one called? War Destroy Zon? Superman. I never saw that. I one. didn't either. With Ray um, Stevens, they actually had the director of that one on. Oh wow! But they did Superman three a yes. couple of months back with Damon Lindelof, mm-hmm. who I don't think had ever seen Superman three from the discussion that was happening. Oh, I would have thought he wrote it. <laughs> it gets that crazy toward the end. They start. I don't know. There were things I never questioned in that film as a kid. That they started I mean, did Superman have sex in Superman three? Something happened. Okay, never thought about it till I hear it on there, and I'm With like, him and that "Wait a minute, moment. what happened yeah. in that hotel room?" <laughs> right. Well, I mean, he kissed her pretty hardcore, yeah, and on the Statue of Liberty. She doesn't remember though, because when he kisses you, you forget. Yeah. Um. No, I. Super. <clears throat> but Superman three also had one of the greatest moments of Superman moviedom in it, in the junkyard, when he takes out his bad self. Well, well, and take and out your bad self when it's. Over and the reveal of the that's one of the best shirt rips in the whole. Oh yes, series. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, my favorite Superman scene of all time, and I and I was just watching Superman the movie the other week with a friend who'd never seen it, and and just the the camera shots, especially when they get to Kansas, and just the sweeping slow crane shots, and yeah. the movement of the camera, is just amazing. It's beautifully shot. One of the best shots in that whole movie is when is after Jonathan dies and. Clark standing up on the hill yes. in the yes. field and Martha walks up and Yes. that's, what, yeah, that's is, what my mind's going to immediately right, is right as he's about way. to leave on the journey mm-hmm. north so good where you headed north that's not very specific funny how you sound just like Christopher Reeve <laughs> that's just north you're not going to tell me uh, Ben Hubbard's going to take care of the farm it amazes me the things you don't question as a child, because I never thought, oh, that they dubbed his voice. Oh, yeah, right, right. Oh, you don't question that. And I always thought, on, man, how'd they make him look so young? Yeah, later on, you're watching, and you're like, oh, my God, they dubbed his voice. Yes. <laughs> Listen to that. Pathetic. They didn't even try to make it sound like it blended in with the rest of everything. That's blatant. Where you you headed? North. North. Well, I'm your mother. I think I deserve a little more information than that. Thought did it. I got this crystal. Going to throw it. See what See happens. a <laughs> no big thing. See what happens. Maybe get a place with some guys. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, my favorite scene of all the Superman movies is in Superman the movie, the helicopter scene. Yes, when he goes running across that street and opens that shirt, the music hits just right. You know, it, it's and then he hits that revolving door and he steps out. Say, Jim. <laughs> Woo! That's a bad outfit, and, it, and the finger up. Excuse me. Son. He just goes, "Excuse me." And I'm like, "That is so perfect." Um, Ever Jack Love, Braggle Rock, <laughs> but that, but that, and and then in Superman two, at the end, you know, and it's meant to be an incredible scene, but it is to me one of my favorite scenes in all of cinema. Putting the flag back on. No. Yeah. When uh, when when he's like, now kneel before Zod. Oh yeah! Take my hand and swear eternal allegiance to Zod. And he takes it, and you, and he just squeezes, and you hear the crackling, and that trumpet starts to clear <laughs> up. And he, yes, and you hear him go, oh, oh. and then, oh my gosh, the lights were on in there, or he was safe in there. Lights are on out here, and he taps at uh, his head. Yes, ah. Uh. And but that scene, just that one scene of the crackling of the hand and the trumpet playing, and you realize that Superman has won the day, you know. And it's just like yes, um, those movies were like. They're, they're just, I'm so excited right now. I know. I would almost say that those movies were formative in my kid years, you know, my childhood years. They would, yeah, you know, because I did watch the snot out of those things, and and it never got old, you know. I, the, I remember vividly. Just over and over again. Uh, more than any of the other, you know, I very special relationship with two, obviously. But I can remember going to the video store and just the VHS cover of four and renting four. Mm-hmm. Like, oh a my lot. Gosh, All the time. A lot. All the time. I and I don't know Super- why that sticks out in my head so much, but just something that I can picture it in my head now. He's coming out of the rocket, and there's little pictures of the other cast mm-hmm. down at the bottom in little squares, and yep. there's the the Roman numeral four. I just remember it. Yep. 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 That's a, it was a, it was actually a pretty cool movie poster. You know, the art, the Christopher Reeve Superman coming up out of the, yeah, flying up. I want that now. I'm going yeah. on eBay. Oh my gosh. Get me this one too. Happened. Get me one too. You I should want... be able to get about 50 cents a piece. We'll get two. So, <laughs> I want an original. Oh, well, that might cost you a dollar. Um, <laughs> Free shipping. What, what about TV shows excluding Smallville? Um, you know, I was telling you, Lewis and Clark. Mm-hmm. I can remember. I I remember the night it premiered. I remember being at my grandmother's house after church, having dinner, and I was like, "I'm going to watch Lewis and Clark." I remember. I remember the the hand going into the the bus. I remember all that. Yeah. You know, I do, and it, it's weird to think back. You know, I I didn't have the best. You know, everybody, nobody, everybody's childhood, whatever. I, you know, my parents divorced, and. You know, I retreated into things to to make up for that. You know what have you to mm-hmm. not focus on those kinds of things and uh, pros and cons. A lot of that happened to be TV. Yeah. Um, I don't think that was probably the best thing to do with with that. But you know, you know, at a certain point, you think each decision led to another thing, and I think I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. Had, right. Right. That not worked out. So, you know, you got to think that it was meant to work out that way. Yeah. Butterfly effect and whatnot. But, you know, I, I that was, 93, that was when my parents divorced. And I, I I remember just retreating into that show heavily. And it's weird sitting here thinking about now, and I guess I've never really considered it before, but I did the same thing with, with Smallville. I retreated heavily into that show. And um, I guess that character... I don't know, I, you know, people, it, it, it hurts my feelings. I take it personally, and I do not know why, but I take it personally when people say Superman's not interesting or, you know, he's a boring character. Yeah. Or Batman, you know, even when people say they did the whole Batman versus Superman argument, I take that crap personally, and I don't know why. I've <laughs> never written the character. I've never, well, I mean, I have, but not not... <laughs> It didn't work out. Sure, sure. Um, but, you know, I, I have no investment other than personally. You sure. know, just... I, 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 and I don't know why I let that stuff get to me, but I have spent so much of my life... Like you were saying with Star Wars, it's always been an integral part of your life. I have had that. That thing has had an effect on me. What that... And I tell you I did not like the story that much, but I tell you something that I loved was did you read earth one mm-hmm the forward of that they they had that they were dedicating the story to anybody who had been in a math class and and doodled that shield on the yeah, next piece yeah, of yeah paper. yeah and that? That, you know what I was like I was like, they dedicated that to me yeah <laughs> exactly exactly dude. I can't tell you how many times I have just sat down and just, you know, doodled that out. Yeah, that's my go-to doodle when I'm sitting around It there. is. It is. And that emblem has had such a impact on me my entire life. And I don't know why. I don't know why it means so much to me, but it does. And I know it sounds stupid. It's a cartoon character. It's a comic book character, but it's... And even more so now, after going through shoe and devoting so many years to that, mm-hmm. and just the people we've met, and the things we've done, and the impact it's had, it's just so personal to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think you know, I love as, that emblem. Yeah, it means it, a lot. Well, and as far as the character goes, I think that it's you know, it's a thing where he, he is. Here's a guy, and I've always said this that here's here's a man who who has the power to literally. Mold the world into what he wants it to be, and rather than by the force of his power or the force of his will, molding the world into what he wants it to be, he does it by the force of his goodness. You know, he he strives to make the world a better place, not in a in a way to be a di- dictator or a um or 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 some type of supervillain to, to control things. He just helps out where he can to the best of his ability. You know, and and I think that you know that alone speaks volumes about the character of, of Superman. You know, Batman, why is he a superhero? Well, because his parents were killed when he's a kid. Um, you know, Spider Man, why is he a superhero? Because he was going to do what all of us would do and make money with his powers until his uncle Ben got shot by someone he let get by you know with great power comes great responsibility the fantastic four why are they superheroes you know why because every now and again they have to fight crime they're just explorers and scientists as far as reed richards is concerned you know and when it comes right down to it superman is like his motivation is just there's good to be done and i'm going to do it yeah and and it's and it's strange to me that an alien that whenever you see superman in the comics you know that here's this alien character that causes humanity to strive to be better. Not to achieve the power he has, but to achieve that morality and that sense of good, you know, and the way he sees the world. You know, honestly, Christopher Reeve, when he wrote Superman four, that last speech, he sums it up so good. He says, I wish you could all see the world the way I do. You know, and, and, it's, and it's a thing where he sees the world for what is good about it, and that's why he hates so much what is bad. And it's like, what is wrong with that? You know, why does, why does a character have to have this dark edge? Why does a character, who says that has to make someone interesting? To me, it's as interesting as a character being dark in a world that's dark. You know, that's kind of boring. It's like anybody can get touched by the darkness. It takes someone special to rise above that and remain that beacon of light and that beacon of hope, you know, that, that Superman is for people. And, I, and again, I know it's a fictitious character, but I'm saying in that world. It's hope. Yeah, I mean that, that. To me, that sums it up right there. It's hope. And and so, and I can get lost in that long enough that there's enough suspension of disbelief that I, I don't know. I, I I I take it personal. Well, and so when someone says you don't care about Superman, and the only reason people care about Superman, he's the first. No, the reason I care about Superman is because, like I said, here's this man who. He could do anything in the world he wants, but he chooses to help people. And if you think that's boring, I'm sorry. You know, if you think that it's boring because only a rock can kill him, you know that's your taste. And and I'm not here to you know be a part of the Superman Evangelical Church or anything. I am. You know, <laughs> I don't want you to accept. I'm a deacon, right? <laughs> you know, I'm not preaching the Superman revival, but I am saying that. That you know to, to read this character and to get to know this character, so that when you read a story like the death of Superman, guess what? It hits home. That's an amazing story, mm-hmm. and it's an amazing and it was and it was well done and it was well thought out in the way that it affected every single character, including the villains in Superman's life. was was so well crafted in the way that his death ends up impacting other characters, particularly Hal Jordan. Yep. Had there been no death of superman there would have been no parallax and no parallax would have brought about no Kyle Rayner. You know, and and I'm sorry. I know people love Hal Jordan, but Kyle Rayner was a great green lantern and what DC was able to do with him through that era mm-hmm. was just phenomenal, you know. And so I I love it. One thing that I never really got to watch Lewis and Clark because we were always done with church too late in the evening. On mm-hmm. Sunday evenings. That's how I knew it. Re- I remember Sundays. programming a lot of ECR back then. And see, and I didn't, I never did. Um, I didn't really get to watch Lois and Clark until I got it on DVD a few years back when it came out on DVD. And it came out on DVD around the same time that some of the old George Reeves episodes started coming out, some of the seasons of. of and I can remember watching those. I remember on watching Nick those like, on Saturday afternoon television. I never saw it on Nick at Night. But I just remember it being on, like, local access TV channels, you know, that would run it in syndication or whatever. Yeah. And um. And as a kid, being like, that's not Superman, you know. But to watch it as an adult, that... That's some good stuff. Yes. That became... He became my Clark Kent, you know, right then and there. I loved Clark and Smallville, but I loved the Clark Kent-Superman dynamic of the original Adventures of Superman and they carry that over in the new adventures of superman because dean kane kind of played it the same way where clark is not a bumbling oaf that he is a competent capable person you know but superman is so great and superman is so powerful and superman is so colorful that even though clark is a good dude you're never going to put two and two together you know you're never going to think that clark could be superman Unless you're mm-hmm. Lois Lane, which I love the fact that in Lois and Clark, they let her figure it out on her own. By just sidebar. Yeah. So. um, oh, It makes me sad. I, I don't know. I get fired up. You do get fired I do. up. I mean, I do. It's just, it's. And I just sound like a broken record. And I, it makes me feel like I'm five years old. And I love that. Yeah. I love that something can make me feel that innocent and I can retreat into well, the that Superman, I don't have to be a grown-up. When Superman Returns came out, um, I did not know you yet. Oh, but if we had. <laughs> but if we had. But I remember sitting in the theater and, you know, as the as the little white words come on the screen that kind of tell the story of, you know, the doomed planet, you know, scientists, blah, blah, blah. And they start, they start up that Krypton fanfare. Mm-hmm. And... Krypton blows up and it gets quiet, and you just hear that. Mm-hmm. Even now I get chills just thinking about mm. you know, just that and, movie did so many things right. And the words on the credits just coming at you, and then, you know, it's just like, Oh my gosh, this is oh, you know, and Well oh, you saw you saw the look on our face at the end of Smallville when we did they did that same yes. crap. <laughs> I'm not ashamed oh man yeah and and I'm not ashamed to say that when he saves the plane and he sets it down I've said this before on this show and others he sets the plane down and the crowd goes nuts and starts cheering when he walks back out and he walks back out and they're cheering and it's when the little kid cups his hands to his mouth and just yells Superman yeah I mean I've teared up how cool would it have been to be in that stadium oh my gosh it'd be one of those yelling for that I I teared up because that was the moment when I'm sitting in the theater and I'm like, I'm so glad this character's back in this way. You know, on the big screen. There's just some good, you know, hair on the back of the neck standing up when he flies up to the sun Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and recharges. Oh. After that goodbye with Lois in the plane. Yes. Oh. Oh. Well, and, and, and the whole just everything from when he leaves the hospital, when he flies out of the hospital, and then when he when he goes and sees Jason and does that whole speech. Mm-hmm. I, there's a lump in my throat during yeah. that scene. Well, when he saves when when the Daily Planet globe falls, and he yes. stops it, the way the music is playing, you hear you hear just the music. You, the crowd noise kind of pant kind of pots down a lot. You hear the snapping of Jimmy's camera, and and he's just you know. There's a great deleted in. scene with him and Perry White. Oh, where they speak. Uh huh. Yeah. That I wish was actually in the movie. Well, and the utterance it's on by, the DVD, and the I utterance was, of Perry White by uh, of of Great Caesar's Ghost. Yeah, you know, it was just so well done. And I'll be honest with you, you you've watched the the alternate opening now, haven't you? Oh yeah, on YouTube yeah mm-hmm. when when you know I was I've been dying to see that since 2000 sure yeah. I mean I have been the number one in line to go put that in the movie you know put I, I want to see you know that thing was like 10 million dollars yeah. yeah you know I have wanted to see every bit of that because that that whole idea of him being gone fascinated me when I first started hearing about how they were going to handle I mean essentially making a sequel to Superman 2 uh, you know I, how they were going to handle this and um Well, I I remember I got the I got the Blu-ray, and that was the first thing I did. The Blu-ray came in the mail. Five minutes after it was at the door, I had the Superman Returns disc out, and it was going in the Blu-ray player. (laughs) Right. I mean, it was like it's go time. Yeah. Sure. I've been waiting for this for, you know, at this point, nearly five years to watch this scene, and when when he expands the, the the light, and reveals the crest. You know, on the, on yeah, the stone. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I was just oh, <laughs> <laughs> look at that! <laughs> That's so pretty. <laughs> well, the 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 scene in the movie of him as a kid when um when he thinks back, and you know, there's the callback to the John Williams music in that scene, mm-hmm. running through the field, leaping to the water tower, leaping back into the farm, and you know, and falling through the roof of the barn, and just kind of hovering. Yeah. And it's the same music cue that was there when he was a little baby lifting up the truck, mm-hmm. and um, I just remember thinking that was such a cool, cool moment. You know, of just how much because the movie did get a lot right, and it's beautifully shot. It is an artsy film. It is it is wonderfully shot. Just the the way all the colors pop just right. You know, and he's still the most colorful thing on screen when it's when he's it. there. The flying works. The the different scenes that need you know the different callbacks that are there work. The acting works. Oh, Brandon Routh was tailor made for the role. I love Spacey's Luther. Spacey's Luther was outstanding. The only problem in casting I had at all was Kate Bosworth as Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was the only problem with casting I had, and it's just I didn't believe her as Lois. I did, yeah, I mean, I just you're. I think you're supposed to, and that's been my argument with with. Actors who play, you know, we did the whole. Um, Ryan Reynolds was Green Lantern. No, right. he was just Ryan Reynolds. Right. Like I was, you know, you're supposed to be able to forget that it's an actor and and buy in that it's this character, like you have to do when different people play James Bond. Or we <coughs> didn't do bonding. Well, I haven't if, seen anything. Haven't of seen anything new. Um, But you're supposed so you to never, be able to buy into these. These people are these characters, and not just actors portraying them. Right. And I didn't have that with Bosworth. Mm-mm. Not that she did a terrible job. Or the, one, the one, the one line she delivered great that I absolutely loved is when she's like, when when he's telling her to do something, and she's like, "Great, Chief." I was like, "Okay, that's Lois." <laughs> yeah. You know? but, but now, for the problems I have with her, one of my favorite parts of that whole movie is the rooftop scene. Oh my gosh! Yes, yes. And not the steric version. <laughs> <laughs> Done so much better than... To me, because it, they didn't drag it out as long as, as the flying scene with him and Lois in Superman the movie. Yeah, the whole, can you read my mind? Right, they didn't make her Which read I'd love. I'd, see, I, I, I don't, see what you mean. I gotta tell you, I don't love it. Really? I don't love the, can you read my mind? Do you know what I'm thinking? I guess, just, it's nostal- I guess it's nostalgic. You came from so far. From another star. <laughs> well, I guess it's just nostalgia, but I... Can you read my mind? But, when, I mean, his whole thing of getting up there and, you know, you say the world doesn't need a... <coughs> Thank you for calling at that point. Sorry, I'm so sorry. You say the world doesn't need a savior, but every day I hear people crying out for one. And I just there that one shot. I mean, that shot when she put puts her feet on his. You know, but there's one shot where they're lifting up, and the and the Daily Planet globe is spinning. Hmm. You know, behind it's, them. That's the thing. When I think of how beautifully shot the film is, it's that shot, and it's a shot where they're coming back up to the roof. Um, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, just up the Daily Planet is just the, amazing. The worst, the worst in the whole film, to me, uh, shot-wise. Although the background's beautiful, but Ralph looks unnatural. Is when he's flying away at the end. When he's flying, yeah, the at the yeah, end, it, is it that like digital awkward? It looks what? digital almost. Yeah, it didn't look right. I don't know. That's and but you know. It, but at the same time, you're going. Ah, the music playing. Don't care. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, he's he's out of the atmosphere, and he looked at the camera and nodded goodbye. Okay, yes. Yeah. He did the whole thing. So. And it's like, can you read my mind? Do you know what it is you do to me? <laughs> I don't know who you How are. Why would we never spoof that? Just a friend from another star. Here I am like a kid out of school Holding hands with a god I'm a fool Will you look at me, quivering Like a little girl, shivering (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't like that Sorry How How did we never spoof that? You can fly You belong in the sky good writing you and i could belong to each other she's a poet and she didn't even realize mm. it no i think she did. she did i think she, she knew i think she knew exactly what she was doing mm. she was flying along making up a song oh 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 can you read, read my, my mind? mind do you know what it is that you do to me just... <laughs> oh man so yeah, but anyhow, um, so this. I AM, say I love Superman Returns. I love it too. Hater, I do. Haters, please exit to the left. Yes, I do enjoy Superman Returns. I do understand the weaknesses of Superman Returns. Well, yeah, you know, but it's not. Let me tell you what Superman Returns is not going to end up being. I don't believe. When Angley's Hulk came out, yeah, I don't ever read Angley's Hulk, Hulk. I guarantee you that. I right. felt like I had to love it because it was the only hulk movie we had. I know. I know exactly what you mean. And then when The Incredible Hulk was released, it was like such a relief because I didn't have to defend Ang Lee's Hulk anymore. I could look at everyone and say this was a good Hulk movie. The Incredible Hulk, Ang Lee's Hulk was okay, but it wasn't here the you know. With this, I don't feel like I'm going to be relieved that I can have, that I get to stop defending Superman Returns. You know what I'm saying? I don't yep. feel like I'm missing... I don't feel like it'll be like, oh, good, finally we'll get a good Superman movie again. You know? And there's a good chance it could be like, hey, remember how good Superman Return was? That's what you I, get I from not wanting. you anymore. know, it's... I, I've got faith. People are, you know, upset about the costume, but I can remember people getting mad about the Superman Returns costume. Oh, sure, sure. You know, and back in 05, when the first picture came out, and he's on the set, it's like, it's made up of little asses, mm-hmm. And, you know... um What's, it's maroon and what's wrong with the color and this yeah. leather and all this other stuff. Um, uh, well, have Amy, you seen... A- Amy Adams. Oh my gosh. My Muppets Blu-ray came in today and I'm so... How excited. do you have a Muppets Blu-ray already? The press thing. Oh, you make me sick sometimes. I love you. Yeah. Can you read my mind? Exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Snippet. Um... <laughs> The yeah. can you read my mind? I can. Oh, god. Um, okay. <laughs> wait, wait, get it out, get it out, wait, wait, get it out of there. Let's test that theory. Let's test that theory, mm-hmm. crystal. Oh, my god, <laughs> he did it, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, thank he you, he did it. Thank you. I feel like Bozo's grand prize game. Well, you I had him, <laughs> I had a fish. Yeah, he hit bucket number one. I always felt bad for the kids that missed that first bucket. I'm just like, you it what are you doing? Let me up there. I have no athletic ability whatsoever, and I could have done that. Buffy did it. Buffy did it first. Buffy did it. Like well, at Buffy? Well, she's a slayer. She has all the superpowers. He did it. He. <laughs> so, on the AMC pop up thing, I remember one specific thing you told me. So, yeah, AMC is doing these series of story note films mm-hmm. where I watched Batman Begins. It'd be really interesting. They don't do it too much to where it takes away from the movie, but they bring up little known facts about the script or the character's history with, you know, and they've done it for a few other things. The only thing I had seen was Batman Begins, and I tuned in late, maybe a half hour late to Superman Returns. Right. Mm-hmm. That's basically what we were calling pop up video earlier. Pop up Which video. Which is what it was down at the bottom yeah. of the screen. They pop something up. <clears throat> and Superman, when it was just we lazy. I'm going to call it lazy. He's wearing a blue a suit ad. here with red boots, red trunks, well, and a red shirt. It cape. was just, it was, you know, the Batman one was actually, I caught myself like nodding and being like, yeah, that's, that's cool. Because they talked about like where they filmed on location. And and stuff like that, and like you know that shot when Liam Neeson and Christian Bell are <clears throat> are um, fighting, and he comes sliding across the ice. Yes, by, they were talking about how they set up that dolly shot, and that he was actually on a trailer. And it was just some cool stuff in that, but the yeah, Return yeah. was just this was filmed on a blue screen. Well, it was very uh, biased. Yeah. I think. in as much as you could tell the people doing this did not like the movie? Well, maybe a little bit. Okay. I, I kind of got that feeling. Okay. I kinda, it, it almost seemed like they were making fun of it uh, a few times. And they also felt the need a couple of times to remind you that in 2013, Zack Snyder was directing the reboot. <laughs> which, the whole time I was sitting there going, wow, are you using this film to promote the Untold Story of Superman. I mean, to, well, to show that hey, this one bombed, so we're going to do it again. Are you really using this as a launching pad? For this? <clears throat> you know, the truth is, though, it didn't bomb. No, it did not. But it, but it, they did. they spent so much money making it that it did not make the money it needed to make. Right. Um. Internationally, at least. Um. But there there were a few that I kept scratching my head, and it was almost like it got increasingly more skeptical. Mm-hmm. Like, there was one I was like, huh, <clears throat> and I, I don't remember the other ones because the one that really caught me off guard <laughs> just kind of trumped all the previous Yeah, this ones, is the one I started remember. really messing with you on Twitter about. I Yeah, we got in a heated... Discussion. I was just messing with you, by the way. I know. And I never did find my script laying around to see if it's in the notes or not. I don't think it is. Like I said, this kind of got opinionated. Maybe we'll see what listeners think. But there were several that it was like, okay, don't really know where that came from, but whatever. And then there was another one was like, uh, I think that's a stretch. Okay, I'll give you that one, whatever. And there was a third one, the fourth and And about the fifth or sixth one, I was like, okay, who is writing this stuff? Is somebody just mocking us? <laughs> watching this? Are they just sitting in a computer screen at AMC going, I'm going to I this mean, now. literally, the bubble popped up and said, I can't believe you're watching this movie right now. <laughs> you're not even reading this, are you? <laughs> they were live tweeting it right there. Yeah, and it was just... So we get to the point, we're on the seaplane. Superman has been stabbed with the kryptonite. Yes. Um, or shiv, you know, Shang. and 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 he, he got shanked as it were, shank, yeah, and and he goes over the side, and um, you know, they're kicking him. He's like, I'm still super bad, and you know, he goes over the side, and um, he's in the water, drowning, and Jor El's talking to him, or he's he, you know, remembering the words uh-huh. of Jor El, and um, here's Lois and 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 Jason on the plane, and, and Richard, and um. Am I the right part here? No. Okay. Well, first of all, you know what I always took from this. Well, he slings him off the first time. No, the second time. Yeah, the first time he points him in the right direction. <laughs> right, when Lois. When he he's when after he picks him up from the boat. Right. And he and he x-rays Lois and he's like, "She's fine." I'll point you in the right direction. Then he goes back to the and lands on the. Rocket kryptonite. right? Then he gets thrown off, right? And then Lois just, makes him turn around because right. Superman helped him get away safely from everything. But Lois she, makes him turn she, around. You know, you're gonna die. You, you'll die, Mr. Coach Lewis. Klein. Well, this is yeah. no. She was out. She was unconscious. Right. Oh, and, okay, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. she comes to, and that's why they go back to kind the of thing. Confusing right here, doesn't it? Yeah. The constant go back and forth. Um. What I always took from this, in this part, was. Um. Jason after they've gotten Superman from the water and he's Jason the him. well no, uh, but leading up to that Jason can see Superman in the water, oh yes, yes. due to his mm-hmm. you know abilities okay, there was something that came up at that point, and I love that part because <clears> I love he's just like, oh there he is, I see him, and they land and they're like are you sure and yeah and but there was something that came up that it was not really contrary to that, but it was it was like due to Jason's newfound abilities blah 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 blah. And I just remember that was a real head-scratcher moment at that one. And then they get Superman, and they're, they're having trouble, you know... Taking off. Taking off. Right. And they they go down, and it flies back up. And then it pops up on the screen, and right. it says, Jason lifts the airplane by pulling up on the armrest <clears> in his seat. I think they were being snarky. And I, I just stopped dad and i got you know you know me i got on twitter all right what is this you know at just, amc dear internet dear. you know? <laughs> and i'm like excuse me huh? where did that happen in yeah. the film if if you don't see it happen or you weren't told by a character that it happened it didn't happen <laughs> and and i'm i'm I was livid. Yeah, I was so angry. You were, you were pretty ticked off about the situation. I was because I was like, "Where?" In and I said, "This Adams. is." A, I said, "This is a perfect time to mess with Derek." <laughs> I get made fun of a lot. Yep. It's, yep. <laughs> <laughs> sure. 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 Um, <laughs> just, oh, he coughed. I, I, he coughed. Uh, transitional and it harkens back to and and I'm 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 just I, like even right now I'm just fired up about it. I'm like where did you find that. Where in all of anything did you come up with Jason? You don't see that. You see Jason throw the piano. Mm -hmm. You see Jason look down and say, "There's Superman." You you see those moments. I don't see him ever lifting the airplane up by the armrest of his chair. No. And you know what? I think they break. I don't think it works like that. Can you imagine Superman flying... Clark... Can you imagine Clark, like in an episode of Lois and Clark, flying an airplane, the plane's going down, and he pulls back on the armrest to pull the plane back up in the air? Yeah, I think the armrest would break off. Yeah, I don't... It's not viable. Yeah, yeah, no, I... Yeah, that's kind of a... I think they they should have used their sarcastic font when they put that little bubble up. Comic Sans, please. (laughs) Comic... Go ahead and let's establish from the outset that Comic Sans will be the sarcastic font. You're here, and uh, and then you guys, whenever you're being snarky, put write it in that. That'll be good. Go ahead and use Comic Sans. So, well, I I I get made fun of a lot. Sure, I feel like (laughs) (laughs) this is one of those things that I feel like we could go on and on and on forever. Oh yeah, I know. know. I mean, it's it's Superman. We did five years devoted to a show. Yeah, we love it, and and we're looking forward to. I'm looking forward to Man of Steel. Um, did you see the MTV interview with Michael Shannon? I have not. Where he does a little Zod for him? No. Yeah, the guy's trying to get him to give him a Zod speech, and he says something, but I don't know if it's actually from the movie. But he goes out like he gets into the voice a little bit. Wow. So you need to check. I'm that excited. Out. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> well, before we wrap things up and bye bye-bye, bye. Bye 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 bye. Uh, let's do a quick. I get made fun of a lot. Sure. Sure. Quick round three. That harkens back to me being made fun of a lot. Well, you're in a transitional phase when that happens. Oh, yeah. uh, Derek, we got three topics. They all come from the Twitter. And I want to thank everyone who sent in topics at Geek Out Loud on the Twitter with a hashtag of Round Three, make them easy to sort through. There's something else Round Three because whenever I look for just the hashtag Round Three, people are always saying something. Yeah, there's some inappropriate stuff. I don't know. I always used to do Round Three Show. Okay, I'll start doing that. Maybe we do Round Three Goal. Yeah. So this one comes from at uh, J.M. Sherpa, Jen Sherpa. I believe it's Mike's wife, in fact, who wrote us the email calling out Quentin. Ah. Um, and she says... All fav- world. Yes. She says, favorite thing about being a geek? Go. Uh, we just covered it. Okay. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm not even kidding. That S-shield. there Well, okay. That and lightsabers. I was going to say lightsabers, so I think we got it covered there. Well done. I mean, I hope I'm not skirting the issue, but... Lightsabers and the House of El symbol. No, there you go. Um, number two on round three, best sidekicks. This one comes from at Kind King, the author of Crisis on Infinite Podcasts. Best sidekick to a superhero, or just? <clears throat> I'd say in general. be limited, you know. So you know. could say Enus, but he he's kind of like the dumb henchman of a dumb henchman. That's called back to the last episode. Yeah, I, I, my mind always immediately goes to Robin because he's kind of the original. He, he, I think he's the quintessential sidekick. And in particular, now I go to Tim Drake as Robin because I always like I kind of really dug Tim Drake as a Robin. Yeah, um, I can't think of any other sidekicks. Yeah, uh, you know, you got Speedy. Speedy. Well, I'm just I'm trying to think outside the realm of superheroes. There's Doink yeah, and Dink. Mean, you go back to superhero because that's where the sidekick <clears throat> name really hones into. Um, I'm gonna say Robin, just because I've always, oh, not because he's the one you go to, but mm-hmm. because I've always liked Robin. I, I like what he brings to the table, and I like how DC has taken that character, and, and you know, and as he's grown up. You know, has moved him on by either killing him off and bringing him back as a villain, or, um, you know, giving him his own superhero kind of thing. Or in the case of Tim Drake, just making him just a great kid and a great sidekick. Um, and I love Stephanie Brown too. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, so that's that. Okay, then three. <laughs> uh, is our ster- standoff throwdown, Smacky down. Thank you, Dan. Uh, Unicron Good. versus the Death Good. Star. <laughs> this comes from Bosian World, or Bos World, or Bosian World. Brian, uh, Unicron versus the Death Star. Death Star. We got Death Star. up about that. I don't know, man. I mean, what? If he comes up from behind, they ain't got no lasers going to take him down. What? If Unicron sneaks up on the Death Star. How is Unicron gonna sneak up on the Death Star? <clears throat> My point is, no, if no. he stays behind it, out of the range of the super laser, because he's mobile, he can do that. You got Tie Fighters. What Tie Fighters gonna do to Unicron? You get enough of them out there, he can do some stuff. Nah, uh, I don't think Tie Fighters. Really... Now Star Destroyers might be able to start lighting them up tie a little bombers? bit. I don't think Tie Bombers do. I think you have got to get your Star Destroyers out there going after him. They last longer than we will against that Death Star. Steve. And we might even take a few of them with us. Billy D. Look, the minute he gets in the way of the super weapon, he's blowed to bits. It's Death Star. I don't know. Death Star for the win. I don't know, man. Unicron turns into like a robot that can run around it. I don't know. How big is he compared to the Death Star? I think he's as big as the Death Star. No. Yes. No. Yes. Look at him on the on the on the Transformers. His head becomes like an orbital moon around Cybertron at the end of Transformers the movie. He may That's be no big. That's moon. That's a head. That's a space. He thing. may be bigger than the Death Star. Not possible. Nope. <laughs> what? I'm just saying I don't I, I, you I know I made fun of a lot sure. Look, you know I love Star Wars. You know I do. Uh in episode 2. Okay. Uh, and 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 so I'm just taking this very seriously right now. I'm telling you, it's Death Star. I'm I'm gonna go Unicron. I'm gonna go Death Star. Okay. There's there's a lot more at work than just the space station. There's a lot of people and moving parts and and the Empire. And, <clears throat> and he swats them like so many flies, Derek. For he is Unicron, the devourer of worlds. You sneak up on the Death Star. Is my answer? Is my argument there? Well. All you got to do is stay behind it though, derek but the death star can move but it but not that fast that's the when... thing. Think of how long it took to get around the, the moon to get to the for, to get around the planet of Yavin to get to the fourth moon: Yeah, the entire first film hardly nearly yeah, exactly. the whole second half the whole... <laughs> Act two and three act We're two and three I mean it gave Luke time to get that hole that that ball in that hole make that shot. And that's the other thing. All Unicron has to do is spit in the exhaust port, and it blows up. I love Star Wars, and right, I, I respect I respect the power of the Death Star. The Death Star would take out the Borg any day of the week. Thank you. But Unicron is a different beast, man. This thing, this thing turns into from this planetoid thing into a big, massive robot. All right, Unicron. I'm just saying. I get made fun of a lot. You can disagree. I'm not. I'm just letting you know that, that you seem very incredulous that I, I would I'm say. A, I'm going to transitional my opinion here. <laughs> well, it you, harkens uh, back, Derek, to the days of Transformers the movie. Wrap up and bye-bye. Wrap up and bye-bye, everybody. <laughs> no. Thanks for listening to us on Geek Out Loud. You can visit us over at geekoutonline.com. That's the or blog. Or geekoutpodcast.com. Geek Out hey, I'm writing stuff. Go look at it. Yeah, Go Derek has written some stuff. He's got, a, he's got He's got a review of what did it, did it. Justice yeah. League Doom is up Came right now? Today. Do what? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I did a review of it last week. Yes. So but check that out. Very um good film. I'm, very I, good. I ordered it from Amazon today. One of the one of the better of the animated. Film. good. Looking forward to it. I'm, I'm only doing sure. that just so we can keep the, the official podcast. Get get <laughs> <laughs> um and then uh We're and, doing and, a Muppets review. <laughs> oh cool. Look for it. So, and you can email us at geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. The Twitter is at geekoutloud on the Twitter and on the Facebook. We have a Facebook page, uh, Facebook page, uh, Facebook.com forward slash geekoutloud. So, Steve's on the Twitter. I'm on the Twitter at sglosson 125 I'm on the Twitter at WD Russell. We're on the Twitter. We're on the Twitter. We're on the Twitter. That sounds like some kind of drug that we're accusing each other of being on. The hey, are you on the Twitter? Well, I'm, Them kids doing that Twitter. Gonna have a whole after school special. The Twitter and the marijuana. Wrap up and, Wrap up and bye bye. Wrap up and bye bye, everybody. Happy episode 60. Happy ev- <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll see you next time on... Oh, wait. wait. I'm Steve. I'm Sean Phillips. And we'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud. <laughs> Wrap up, bye <bye-bye>. bye. Wrap up, <laughs> bye bye.